2: Nothing beats terminal parking at Melbourne Airport. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Just growing on you or not Tim,
1: this new music we've got going. Welcome to... Valentine's Day, and it's Wednesday, February the 14th, and we're just thankful we're on here because it's been a horrendous 24 hours for many, many people, and a lot of them are still without power. We're here for Melbourne Airport Parking. Book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au, and this is The Ramble brought to our great friends at Cobham Estate Olive Oil, the finest olive oil in the world. We've got a big show today.
3: Massive show. Massive show. Just How uh, am good I morning. To you. in your ears, good morning.
1: morning. No, not great. I not sound great. a bit uh, dull as well. Maybe yeah. it's just me. <laughs>
3: Maybe you're not projecting well enough. No, I am. I'm really projecting. No, it's a little bit funny. Yeah. It's not tinny, but it's a little bit strange.
1: We've got uh, Chris Scott joining us, the Geelong coach today. We've got Mitch Cleary from Channel 7, um, who's up and about as always, and Australian Discus champion Matt Denny. Mm. That's a nice little lineup for you, Whispers.
3: That's a nice lineup. And uh, I'm just looking at his record yesterday. He's the Australian record holder. Sixty-eight point four three meters. He's thrown the discus. And then, you, what was your best in you high school? You
1: told me as you were walking out yesterday that you were the state Wimro discus champion.
3: No shot put.
1: Oh, shot, shot put. shot put. Yeah. How did you go, How did you go with the shot? What technique did you use? The spin? under the chin,
3: under the chin. No, the, just a straight out. Just a straight out. A um, what do you call it? it wasn't a fast ball. It was a uh, a disguised slow ball.
1: Well, you would have been a powerful youngster. I was. Powerful.
3: Yes, you've got it right. You've got that (laughs) bit right. Hey, I hope the koala's still there. The big one at uh, Dadswell's Bridge, the fire went through there yesterday, so I don't know how damaging it was to the little settlement at Dadswell's Bridge. What happened? You know the giant koala on the side of the road at Dadswell's Bridge between Stull and Horsham? (laughs) No,
1: how would I know that?
3: I thought you might have driven up that way. If you've ever driven to uh, Sydney, uh, Sydney, Adelaide, you would have passed it on
1: the main highway. No, I haven't driven to Adelaide. Well, what about when you were up there with uh, Crawf?
3: on the highway. Where'd you get to that day? Oh, I ran. Yeah, but where were you? Uh, from just Ararat, I think. Oh, Ararat. Okay, Ararat's a bit further back towards Melbourne. Yeah. Hey, uh, Valentine. If you know any, anyone out there that uh, lives in that part of the world, if you know how serious the fire was, be nasty. We'd to have love any, to hear um, from this morning. Singed koala is. No, well, I, I tell That'd you, be very nasty. Nice. Do you know how the signs are all over the road down where you and I live now? <laughs> um, what? Signs. The koala signs. Oh, yeah. yeah, be yeah. careful, slow down, all yeah, that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was all BS because I hadn't seen one. Yeah. And then I'm walking down the road the other day mm. and I thought there was a cow stuck up in a tree. A cow? That's the noise they make. Have you heard yeah, a cow? So yes, have I you heard... Of
1: course I have. No. No. That's oh, not it. Okay, let's put it out there. 0433 <laughs> 981116. <laughs> Who's got a better koala Here noise? You go first.
3: <laughs> 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 no way. Yeah, is, well, you, that's much closer maybe to Maybe you the did have co- a cow up your tree. <laughs> no, it was a big fat koala. Koalas
1: don't move.
3: Mate. i tell you where he was on. The, move. He was on the thinnest branch he could possibly find. He'd eaten his way down from the top of the tree, I think. There was nothing left on it. Poor old thing.
1: 04 down with 11 1116. Can you give us your best koala noise? Because I've never heard a koala moo, <laughs> moo up a tree like
3: that. No, because Cambo, who I had run into over summer at yeah. the house down the road, he said, oh, look, um, have you seen a koala yet? And I said, no. And he said, look, you'll, if you hear one in the tree, I said, what do you mean hear it? He said, oh, no, they make this terrible noise.
1: That's right. Not a moo.
3: It's um, more like that. It is well, more like well, that. This someone, one I heard anyway.
1: Someone will come on and give us a good call and mm. give us a call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. That could be enough to give you the call of the week <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> to go in for the twenty twenty four Toyota Hilux GR Sport. Well, we got a nice little serving of the Cobram Estate out there too i see tell you what beautiful. I did,
3: you and I were talking about uh, cooking uh, before we came on this morning and you did a steak, I think you said you did a scotch fillet last night, is that right? Yes. I did a scotch fillet on Sunday yeah. and I like to dab a lot of the uh, Cobram Estate olive oil on top of it before I do that and I just sort of, salt a little bit of salt, pepper. Or just salt. And I well, just let- My
1: man says don't put the pepper on beforehand.
3: Oh, okay. Well, I took, no, I didn't put pepper, I just put salt, but I made a fatal, fatal error. What? Well, because I, I needed to bring them out of the fridge and get them back to room temperature, yeah. I had to duck inside, oh, right? No. Brando. Brando. <laughs> I came back
1: out. He of off your scotch well, filling. He, he
3: had one in his mouth. <laughs> oh, Unfortunately, it was Susie's.
1: It's Susie, no? Whispers, look at this. I have dominated the koala chat here. Definitely, Gary. <laughs> definitely, Gaz. Wish sounds like a crook cow. Gary's koala easily wins. Cheers as blocking Ringwood. Gary wins. Coswin. See, I don't know what you're listening to in the back of your. Well, maybe they're different
3: in our part of the world.
1: Well, Adam's here. He's in to South. I reckon there'd be a few koalas out there. G'day, Ads. How right, boys? Got a koala noise for us? Uh, Hopefully it's nothing like whisk. Oh, no. I just wanted to say that yours was more
0: like one because a few years ago, I hit one in the
4: car and um, pulled over to make sure it was all right and it was all right and it made more of a noise like a vicious possum.
1: Yeah. No. I think you're... Yeah, thanks for calling. Thanks. Sorting that out. Thank you. Uh, Jimmy's
3: got one in Richmond too. Good morning, Jimmy.
2: Yeah, morning, boys. Quick story. I was over in Thailand on holiday, being a single bloke. Yeah. Met a couple of birds from yeah
3: koalas, K- and I
2: said, "Yep, yep." They're in the backyards. Yep. And the noise I kept giving these Russian girls was.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's uh, not bad. That's closer to mine than uh, Tim's, who reckons he, his Brr. koalas go Murr. That's no, well, you, no. Now you're changing. Mate. He may have had a source. Now you're changing because <laughs> he he's been sore, given right. a whooping first thing up this morning. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Right. Uh, what else have I got here on the uh, the old sheet? Do you know the? Um, are you
3: so sorry? By the way, before you get to that, are you celebrating uh, Valentine's Day today, King of Romance? <laughs>
1: I might have something. No, I actually... You've got
3: nowhere to go after what you did with I'm your separated.
1: proposal. I'm separated. I'm separated by the fact that Nikki's at the farm at the moment. Right. So... Has she got power on down there or not? Off the grid. Oh, you are too. Beauty. The beauty. If, you'd, if you've lost power, mm. how, well, how could you? You'd have to be listening via the battery sort of set up in your radio. Well, you might have a phone. Well, you mightn't have a phone that's charged. That's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah, uh, terrible. Because Mitch, um, our filling producer here, drives in from out Brony away. He said after half, half the eastern suburbs is in darkness.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of suburbs still out there that haven't had their power reconnected. That's I think it was terrible. something like half terrible. a million, half a million homes and businesses lost power yesterday. Uh-huh.
1: I don't know what, this is. what. What can you do about that? Whisper? Well, the the towers got knocked over. That's yeah, why. I know. I see that. The weather
3: was unbelievable when that storm. Oh, went I watched you. that storm oh, come crikey, right across the bay you?
1: from the, my new vantage point. Well, you must have a penthouse it or something. Came it came right across the bay. It was oh, it was powerful. The weather it was a, it was powerful. Hey, I've got a Wednesday recommendation have for us for the year. What is it? I went to the movies. Oh. I went to see a film, and, and what it was, was it? I really enjoyed it. It's called The Boys in the Boat. Oh, that's the George Clooney one. Yeah, and good. good. And? and? I really enjoy. I gave it a four puffs, four right. puffs of the pipe. Right? Do you know the story, don't just you? Just
3: give us, yeah, I, I do, but just a brief, not a, a, so, a brief, brief synopsis.
1: Yeah, so. uh, middle of the 1930s, they, um, an American college rowing team that eventually goes to the Olympics mm. and um, enjoys a great level of success after. A real underdog story, you know. Tough times just right. before the war. They get the get, I didn't realise that the the collegiate boats. I don't know if it's still the case, but then they get to to a final, and mm. then they have a, a row off, and the winner mm. goes represents America.
3: That's right in my wheelhouse, the whole rowing thing, because obviously I grew up on uh, the Wimmera River and that very big rowing town, Dimboola. Very big. <laughs> well, have you heard of the Dimboola Regatta? No, I'll throw that out. Wait and see all the text messages that come through about people that have been up there for the Dimboola Regatta. On the river. The Dimboola <laughs> well, Regatta on no the river. water in the river. Yes, there is. Is there? Yeah, there is. It went and dry like, for a, new a little ro- while. And you rowed on it. Yeah, we all did. We, that, was part of our, that was part of our school curriculum. Start of your pre-season. You yeah, know when you did sports at school? Yeah. One of the sports we did, which was part of the what? curriculum, was rowing. Really? Yeah, you have to hop in a- in A, a single skull? No, 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 no. A four. How'd you go? Um, You'd have sunk the joint. No, no, it was good. It, we called it crabs. Do you know what a catching a crab is when you're rowing? That's Qu- when you get your... isn't crabs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what does catching a crab mean? With When
3: you get... What? When you get... You're all stuck in the water. Oh.
1: That's catching a crab. Right. Well, they were doing a bit of that in The Boys in the Boat. Oh, crikey. Did we have some crabs in our boat? <laughs> it's a good movie. That was for Charlie Batisti and co, because he, he loves our uh, recommendations. Right. They look after... So uh, you're giving it a four-puff? Prestige German vehicles. Get your repair process started. Yeah. Where'd I, you go? Got, what sort of experience did you I went to Como. Como. Right. Oh, is that a different experience? Who I normally go did- to Vic Gardens, where you've got you know, all the young kids are there in the food court, and they're mm. having a chop top and a... Some popcorn, the Como. They sit in the big lush couches and quaff Pinot before they wander in. The average age is about 73.
3: You said it should be re- renamed Como, not Como. <laughs>
1: Exactly right. Hey, John, Membership Day. That's why we've got uh, Chris Scott on today. Oh, he also wants to actually. Does he he, want to talk to us? We thought we'd grab him while Jared's in the air. That's the only way we could get a hold of him. Um, uh, SEN Membership Day, enjoy two for one on John Katz's three game membership. Code Mm. SEN Katz.
3: I'm hearing that all the coaches want to come on and have a chat to us after listening to Chrissy Fagan yesterday. They all reckon they can do better than that. Well, here's your chance, everybody.
1: I've got a big issue to deal with after. I'm going to take a break, Mm. and then I'm going to – it may be the most awkward question that I put to you for the year. And I I don't mind putting you on the spot because this is – Serve it up. I'm ready to go. Oh, and the other one – I'm ready for anything today. Did you see um, Tiger Woods' new clothing brand? Because he's ended his 27-year partnership with Nike. Yeah, I knew that. He's got a new clothing brand. What's he called it? It is called Sunday Red. Sunday Red. In conjunction with the mighty, mighty fine people at Made, Right. Um, they put together this uh, new brand called Sunday Red because he wears the red shirt on Sundays. That's right. The, That's what he was known for. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you four minutes of ads. I won't need it. I won't need it. <laughs> what's, your, what's your brand of clothing? PJ. What's PJ? Pack Jumper. 0-4-3-98-11-16. What's yours? I oh, have a thing. <laughs> no, 11 16 No, you don't need to. I've got it written down here. What is it? Tith. What's tith? Ten in. <laughs> Ten in the half. Ten in two and a half. Ten in two and a half. <laughs> Send through your ideas through the if you wouldn't mind. I've got. Just stay listening though, because it's going to get yep, very stay tense. Stay listening. It's going don't to get go away. Very tense in here on the other side of the break. I when think? we come back. When we come back, it's a question to Tim. It's about his old football club, and it's about a very emotive issue that I will not dodge the tough questions. That's my commitment this year. I've looked after (laughs) you for most of our time together. Hang on. I've looked after you most of it. I haven't asked you the real tough ones.
3: Okay. So just let me get this clear, though, before we go to the break. Yeah. You're going to not avoid asking me the tough questions this year. That's your commitment. That's right.
1: I've... As my boyhood idol, I've not wanted to embarrass you or put you on the spot, but this year, all bets are off. And the first big heavy hit is coming up after the break.
3: Fair enough. (laughs) Breakfast
2: with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson.
1: In the ramble for Coburn Estate, Australia's roast awarded extra virgin olive oil grown, harvested and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria. You go in any supermarket around Australia and you go to the olive oil store and there, bang. Don't worry about looking at any others. Just grab your Coburn no. Estate and off you go. It makes it easy. It's the best. Now.
3: The best. I
1: just came across my desk. I was looking through the numbers. I was doing my homework. So I want to know I've got a core game coming up soon. So I'm trying to you know put numbers on you. Yep. New- Essendon, yourself. Essendon's new numbers. Mm. He's a fine player, this young man, mm. Ben Mackay. Yep. And I think he'll be even better at Essendon. Me too. But he's not a number 32 wisp. And that is the number that you made famous as one of the most powerful, dynamic, pack jumping, raging midfielders. That's where the 32 needs to be, not stuck at fullback. Now, did you or did you not get consulted on the 32 and are you happy with where it's gone?
3: I wasn't consulted. No.
1: Oh, I think I've hit one. I think I've struck a nerve here. Yeah.
3: I wasn't consulted. Yes. It will be odd to see it stationary because Station- it hasn't been a
1: stationary number. <laughs> stationary. Stuck in the back, last it line of defense. It hasn't been
3: a defensive type number no, you never, it's in never the defended time in time life. I've known that number. So it's going to be very odd for me to be watching it stand there, stationary at full back. But he has my blessing. He has my blessing.
1: He's got your blessing.
3: Oh, my word. You has don't he? own a number. You don't own a number. You're uh. lucky enough to get the opportunity to wear a number, but mm. you don't own it.
1: Who had the 32 you... before?
3: Uh, fresh. Fresh who Fresh Air. Josh Air.
1: <laughs> what, have, what happened to Fresh? <laughs>
3: um He didn't make, he didn't make it. But that that, that happens, you know, mm, yeah from time to time. Yeah, young blokes have uh, a crack and uh, I, they do their best. See, He's a
1: fine young man. I really like him. I it. see you I'm squirming, kidding. which is I know I'm no, not squirming. Side. Did you not think that after your sit down interview with Jake Stringer, he may have just turned around and said, Listen, I'll take the thirty two.
3: Um uh, look, it was too late at that stage because I only sat down with him last week oh. and the jumper had already been um, assigned.
1: When Christian Salem took the three, which after Clint Bizzle, mm. I just a quick call, say good luck young fella, yep. a big fan of yours. Have you rung Harry? Uh, ben? Not no. yet. Not, ben?
3: I've got a list of things to do. <laughs> Why it's, haven't it's, you rung him? It's near the top of that list. I've been busy. We've got a lot of stuff happening what? at the moment. We've got the new pup coming tomorrow and we've got got, sort of get prepared for it. Do you know that there's like puppy nappies
1: out there now? What do you mean? They're called moisture mats. No, that's not a nappy. That's where you put them on the ground, don't you? Where the dog go go wee. I thought you had to wrap them around. Don't go strapping (laughs) strapping pearl in a a puppy mat. I thought you had to strap them on. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, this is going to save a, a lot of wet patches on the carpet and on the floor. Um, no, like, it, it, it's um, those, those numbers, as I've said many
1: times. Oh, I know, I know. It is strange, though, to see the 32 in, the, in a fullback, but you're right. I'm 100% with you. I'm not into retiring numbers. No, no, no. And I just think that they're just numbers.
3: Yeah, you know who wore the number 32 before me? I'll just give, give you No, he wore it after me. Oh, but, before you. Yeah, before me. Alan no. Davis. No, Barry Davis wore it. Barry he Davis. Did, he did. But another guy wore it between Barry Davis and me. Wayne Primer. Howard Stair. And you look at it. The long like,
1: cold. <laughs> exactly.
3: How, Howard Stair. I think Howard only played maybe one game for wrestling. The Stair Bear. The and he third third. was from
1: Horsham. Well,
3: That's right. So there you go. Third, like yeah. it, it goes from player to player and yeah. some you know, become more... Known because they wear that number, but nobody owns the number.
1: No one owns it. You're dead right. Big fan of the show, not a big fan of the new song. There's some feedback for you and Brooksy.
3: Well, no, for Brooksy. What about Brooksy? We haven't seen Brooksy for six months. No, he's he's been Vegas. away, he's been in Vegas. He's, he's, he makes one call. He's let to make one call from his phone mm-hmm. because uh, Hutchie pays for the bill. He said, okay, you can make one call.
1: He rings. Yes, And what does he want to know? How'd the new song go? Yeah, what was the reaction to the new song? <laughs> Not, not how was Tim and Gary's first day yeah, back yeah. and what... You know, what no, nothing about that. No. What was the reaction and to I've the got show? all these
3: great ideas and I've come back with all these interviews and all these phone numbers for people to ring later in the year. No. um yeah. What was the reaction to the new music?
1: Mm. Not that good. Not that good at all. Hey, did Patrick Mahomes... I, I keep a close eye yeah. on your news, but I had the scotchies on the on the grill, so I, to, I was in and out. Did Patrick Mahomes go to Disneyland yesterday after winning the Super yeah, Bowl?
3: he does. It's well, a, it's the, a, so
1: the rest of the team went back to wherever, Kansas, yeah. and he went on his own to Disneyland.
3: Yeah, but he'll be back in Kansas for the Ticket Tape Parade. He'll be there. <laughs> but he's got a deal with Disneyland. I think it's the MVP. I think it might be an MVP deal that what? they have. So whoever, who, whoever wins the MVP, yeah. they, obviously there's some money involved, oh. and they go to Disneyland.
1: If you've just won, not that I ever did, mm-hmm. if you just won the premiership with your, with your mates, the last thing you want to do is leave them. Well, it depends on how much cabbage eating, oh, would you keep. So when you won the premiership in '85, yeah. if they'd have said, "We're listen, there's the big. We're going down the Essendon pub there for the night of our lives to celebrate." But here, here's three hundred bucks to go to A Park. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I would
3: have done. You would have gone there. I would have gone to Gumby Park. Well, uh, a lot of people that's think that's where the uh, city meets the country. Gary,
1: Nate Caddy should have taken the thirty-two. Would you have been happier with that? Reckon, He's got a bit about him.
3: I reckon he goes okay. This kid. They reckon he goes okay. Uh Josh Ayer ripped a hammy training with Collingwood last week. Thank you, Damo. I didn't know. That's where he is now. I think he might have ended up I think Is that for the Warrior? I think he went to I think he went to St Kilda maybe on the like on not on their a, a yeah, primary a, list, to, a, a, a bit of training there, there too. He's spots. a really nice kid, a really nice. Hey,
1: guy. um, Tony Romo, that, that blew up about his call. Of I, was the, go- I want to talk it? to you about this. It blew right up.
3: Yeah, I know, but you are the expert on this because you've been interviewed by the Ringer. A, uh, I didn't get interviewed by the
1: Ringer, a huge
3: media organisation over there at the states. Yeah, you weren't. You were quoted though. Yeah, no, I was in Brian Curtis's article. That's right. So how did that come about, Jared? So Jared, Jared interviewed. A, Jared you. was an intermediary. And he passed on your quotes. I think was so. that the best quote you gave me? Because no, no, it, I had a lot
1: of it really a good stuff. Well, he left a lot of good stuff. Out.
3: It wasn't your best.
1: Well, it was one of about. I gave a really tight five minutes. No, they're pulling this bike apart. Yeah, so there, th- aren't they? Tony Ramo, who burst onto the scene and yeah you know, did some predictive uh, commentating and got a few right, so this, this bloke's a genius. Now they're ripping him to shreds. Shreds. So Jim. Yeah, but he talked all over Jim Nance's call. No, he, he shouldn't have done no, that. No, he didn't. Jim Nance nailed it with his call. Yeah, jackpot. Yeah, whatever. And then what they're saying is, he didn't just let it breathe. Yeah, he should have let it breathe, and yeah. he didn't. He came straight in with a with a very good analysis, but just when you're on your own, mm. you can do you, you can let it breathe. When mm. you're with two others, sometimes you go, oh, "I'm got to get in before." you. <laughs> I know a lot of commentators like that. <laughs> Uh, okay, when we
3: come right. back after 6.30, Gary's going to name the commentators <laughs> who cannot let it breathe.
2: A sports update for Keezer. Sitting on the sidelines? Get back in the game with Keezer Physiotherapy, Rehabilitation and Strength Training.
1: It's a very, very significant update uh, here from a Tasmanian footy club point of view, uh, potentially the new entry into the AFL. Uh, Old Tommy Rockcliffe's brother, Jeremy, has indicated he's going to call an early election today. He's going to go to the governor, he's going to call the early election um, and it could have massive ramifications for the 19th licence in the AFL. Tassie Labor, as the opposition, previously indicated that it supports the state having an AFL team, it doesn't support the building of the stadium. Mitch Clear is going to join us out of 7.30. He'll have more detail on that. There's a couple of recalcitrant Liberal backbenchers who have now become independents that are holding under ransom. WISP. Yes,
3: that's true, um, but the federal government has already committed $300 million to building the stadium. I mean, and why like- wouldn't just get on the phone and say, listen, you know, uh, just uh, park the, any opposition you have to building this stadium? We've already committed 300 million to it. The three,
1: the, are they have the misunderstanding that if the 300 doesn't go to the stadium, it'll just go into the state anyway, which is not the case. Here. No,
3: it won't. It won't at all. Mm. I can't read that. That font's too small, right. so you're gonna to get get going to have to keep
1: going. Where's your glasses?
3: Um, somewhere. Where are they? Meanwhile, oh,
1: you know. uh, uh, Dave Warner has confirmed that last night, oh, yeah, his T20 was his final international match in Australia. Open to confirming he'll retire from T20 internationals after the World Cup later this year. We lost last night, to the West Indies, which is a full stop to a lamentable lamentable summer of cricket. Yeah. Is that how
3: you'd describe it? Yeah, lamentable. Lamentable. Yeah. That's a good word. Thanks. Actually, you had a word yesterday that you popped into the Omnipresent. Omnipresent. Yeah, where did you get that from? And I just dropped recalcitrant. Right, so what happened? Did you swallow a dictionary over the summer? Did you? Introducing some newies this year. <laughs> <laughs> I've just found that ringer um, article. Too. Oh, don't yeah, no worry about it. I know I'm, I'm going to get back well, to no, it. Well, it's not
1: part of the news update.
3: No, but it will be in a minute.
1: We lost by 37 runs. The windies at one stage were five four 79, 79 in the ninth over. They went on and made 220. Adam Zampa, who's been an outstanding short form bowler, just got taken to the cleaners. One for 65 off his four Johnson. Welcome to the big time young fellow. One for 49. Australia 5 for one hundred and eighty three in reply. Warner got 81 off 49. Tim David made 41 off 19, but they weren't taking it serious. No, of course they weren't. They uh, put old Brad Hardy in at the first drop. He couldn't get it off the square. <laughs> the font's
3: <laughs> bigger now. I can read this. Uh, there's been multiple reports overnight that put out. is set to announce a five-year contract extension for Toddy Marshall, right. keeping him at the club until at least the end of 2029. Corn! Well, no, I think he's only the, se- only the seven-year deals. Oh, is it? That concern him. And certainly anything that happens at Port Adelaide doesn't concern him.
1: <laughs> Age saying the Melbourne Rebels could be their fate decided within weeks. The club's future beyond the 2024 <sighs> Super Rugby seasons in doubt. Documents reveal the club's just got 17 grand in the bank heading into the what upcoming season.
3: 17 grand. I was looking at their debt um, yesterday and where they might go and what they might do. It... <sighs> It's hard to see a future for them. Mm. It's really hard to see a future for them. And, um, you know, you've got directors because you've got to do a director's guarantee if you're on the board of a team. And uh, they're, in, they're in the hole for a significant amount of money too. Uh, the boomers' medal chances for Paris 24 have taken a blow. NBA star Dyson Daniels ruled out for up to six right. months with a torn meniscus. The Bendigo flyer. Which, which part of your knee is the meniscus? The ligament. Which one? Cartilage, I mean. The cartilage. On the inside or the outside? That's what well, I'm it's, it's general, Or over the top. It's all around. Just general cartilage, isn't it? <laughs> just general cartilage. General cartilage, Tim. A, um, someone else will tell Nick us. from work, Nick McCallum, he's going back in for another uh, knee replacement too. So he, that will be his second within two years.
1: What, same knee? No, no. They're exactly. replacing a replacement. No, 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 no. Not
3: replacing the replacement. Right. They're replacing the other knee, which was his good so knee. They have
1: real feet and artificial knees. <laughs> round of 16 Champions League <laughs> first league. What yeah, about Andy, a semi special.
3: What about Andy Marr making world news? What do you do? With his speculative piece about Ange Postacoglu being approached by Liverpool. Oh, well, he's
1: been on the money. Has it? Didn't he say that Ange was going to get a Premier League job? Don't pump him up. You've got to go the other oh. way. <laughs> well, good on him. I love it. A uh, round of 16 Champions League first league matches will be played this morning. FC Copenhagen hosting Manchester City and RB Leipzig. Hosting Real Madrid kickoff in those matches shortly. Tim, will keep you up to date with the scores. And if
3: you're hanging on just waiting to find out what Gary actually had to say on the ringer about Tony Romo, this is what he had. This is his very, what very astute say? and acute observation. Without um, the spectacular debut and first period, we would... First just, period of his commentary. Well, you didn't go on to say well, that. Well, had they left that out? We just would be looking at him like, okay, there's a bloke who made a blue. That's right. A mistake, in other words. No, Actually, that's not you saying the, that. They that's didn't know Brian what the was. Was.
1: All I was saying is he came on and he, he got all these predict- – he was a predictive commentator early in the piece, and he was getting them right. So everyone thought, oh, that's, that, that's going to be his style forever and a day.
3: But he wasn't plucking things from thin air. He was a quarterback. So his whole job no, no. was about reading the defensive line oh, and understanding what, what all the movements were going to be. Brian's
1: left out my best stuff. I, is that what you said I too? I said all that. Right. Context whispers. Um, my
3: phone must have been engaged at the time.
1: Anyway, why didn't uh, Brian ring me? There's a lot of suggestions of the commentators who won't let it breathe. Who won't let it breathe? Matthew Hayden cannot let it breathe. That's the cricket commentator coming out. Did you think of that over the summer? I was listening to Fox.
3: Where? Mm. No, I think he's great. I think he does a great job. Ricky Ponting's
1: great. 043398111116, the all new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress is here. Temper is a mattress like no other. <laughs>
2: Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. One 736 seven, lines
1: open. Yep. Love to hear from you. Second day back, uh, well received. First yep. show back. We'd like some feedback
3: early in the piece. Hey, can you just do me a favor this morning? Yeah. Because I've what? got the microphone, the headset on. Mm-hmm. Um, can you just keep an eye on my hair? Because I've got promo shots after this this morning, and I just don't want to go with a. Disrupted hairstyle this morning. So, right, that would be so if you think it's starting to disrupt in any way, can you just give me the that? That would be up?
1: the easiest job I'll do this year. Keep an eye on your hair. Jeez, I haven't got much. Um, <laughs> oh, I'll I tell you what, is Roy, it not too late? Who's Roy, in charge of footy at Essendon? In charge? Yeah. Brad Scott? No, no, like the Craig
3: footy. Vozzo is the CEO.
1: Right, Voz. Who's Voz. the footy manager?
3: Nice bloke. I met him. Uh, the the other day I Good know, I I like know they
1: listen and monitor the show because we speak directly to the fans mm. what yeah. do you want well I wonder if it's not too late to change the 32.
3: are you getting some feedback
1: unbelievable feedback mm. that Nate it's caddy, too late no, it's Nate too caddy late. should be the 32 it's coming through I'm just giving you the feedback I,
3: I I know it's you coming are. Through loud I know and clear. you are, but you're
1: trying to create
3: you're trying to create some sort of um a problem for me and the SNP. No, I, yes, you are. You have got mischief written all over no, your face. I am. Yes, you I've,
1: have. I saw it the thirty two. <laughs> I didn't think it was a great fit. I accepted your of it's a great. Fit. I accepted your response, but now the people are speaking, and they say mm. that the thirty two has to go to Nate Caddy. Right. I don't well, think it's too late.
3: No, I'll be handing it to uh, Ben McKay. Prior you told to me his Susie's first...
1: going to do it. You said oh, I'm not down,
3: Adam wants to know where's Usher. <laughs> Usher, get over here. Specky's on the road. Good morning, Specky You there, Specky?
1: How are you, gentlemen?
3: Hey, Speck. We're good.
2: How are you doing?
1: So, so you're breaking up there, spec. I missed that. Go again. I've had a really good look at the uh, at
4: the Carlton list yep. this year. Yep. I've I've taken all into account yep. everything. Yep. I believe that we have got a team that will play in the grand final, and that we play now to I believe maybe thirty four or thirty five on the list. Yeah, would that team. Tip- Gary. Would you? Would, would you be able? To, would you be able to have a look at that list for me, Gary?
1: Yes, I can. Just tick off, just tick off all the players for me. Yep. Because Wispy obviously won't because he barracks for Essendon and hates Carlton. All right. <laughs> he does. But, he does too. He told me that. So, but I know you, Gary.
4: I know you'll do an honest review of the list.
1: When do you want me to do that?
4: Say, oh, maybe if you could put it in your things to do and have it done by Friday. Well, yep.
3: Okay. Well, okay. Well, so I you got one more. Hang, time. On. hang on, Specky. You said you you you're down to about thirty four deep. Yep.
4: I believe we're down to 34 deep, yep.
3: Okay.
1: All right, Speck, leave that with me. I'm going to give that the full um, Garrity look into, because there was another commentator that said, if you haven't got Essendon win the premiership, you don't know what you're talking about.
3: You haven't got Carlton win the
1: premiership. Uh, Carlton, what did I say? Yeah. Carlton. I'll have a look for you, Speck. Thank you very much, Gary. Good on you, mate. And nice you, to talk to Speck. Nice to talk to well,
3: you. Well, he only wanted to talk to you. Well, he did. Because He, he said, doesn't think he's going to get an honest answer for me. I don't k- hate Carlton, by the way. Why would anyone think that I hate Carlton? Why would anyone think that I hate any team for that matter?
1: Well, because you do. There are teams that you sort of lean towards and there are other teams that you lean into for whatever reason. It's not particularly the team, but it's sometimes the personality surrounding it. So something must have happened between you and Carlton at some stage.
3: I see Basil's Zemplis might be going into politics too. Did you read that over the summer months?
1: Yes, he's in politics.
3: Does he look like. No, he's a mayor. Well, that's. He, that's political. Well, no, that's not necessarily an alignment to, to a party. Is he, is he
1: going to local government or is he going federal?
3: Well, he's going to state. State. Yeah. Yeah, state government, I
1: think. Well, he wants to be the premier. I think he could be. He wants to take smirks. He's going to be the new smirk? No, smirk's gone. No, oh, no, smirk's gone. But yeah. he's going to.
3: Yeah, that, that role, that particular role. Well, Do, you know, you've observed him over a long period of time. Yes. Does, has he got. Premier yeah, material, rat, bad him no, or No, he's
1: very regal. It, it, you know, he's got all that. He's yeah. got all that covered. Yep, yeah, no, I think he has. I think he's. I think he. From all reports, he's a very well. We know how popular he is over there, and we're great fans of his as well. So, go go for it. I say. Yeah, agree. Yeah, nice comment from you. And Beverly, someone texted me through here and said everyone went to Disneyland. That's not true. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. That's not
3: true. That is not true. Um. But uh, did you see that uh, Tom Brady came out and supported uh, Travis Kelsey too? He said there's nothing wrong with that. And the way that Andy Reid, the coach, handled that older coach, when he crashed into him, Mm -hmm. he said the way that he handled that is the way that you'd expect somebody like Andy Reid to handle it because he's a great coach and he just understands that things happen there was not it wasn't a put down from Travis Kelsey he wasn't trying to demean him in any way or humiliate him in any way it was just his passion spilling out.
1: Was it, this is a good test of how big an influence Tom because Tom Brady's about to launch a media career he signed the massive 100 million dollar deal with Fox. Has he changed your opinion or do you think that he, him having that opinion would change you know the general feel of what's going on over him because I listened to a lot yesterday Mm. and they Mm. said, yeah, well, it could possibly have blown up. Had they lost the game? But the relationship between Andy Reid and the Kelsey family goes way back because Travis's brother was at Philadelphia and that's where Andy was. Yeah. He's got a great understanding. So we don't know all those things, do we?
3: No, you don't. You don't. But then the coach has a relationship with the individual over a period of time. Mm. And it's the same, like Chris Fagan sat in here yesterday. And you and I, like we had a great chat with him on air, but we had a great chat with him off air mm. as well. And he was just talking about how much time he spends and tries to spend one-on-one with the players mm. and get to know them and build that relationship, he said, because it's really hard being the coach. You know, you see these blokes and you've got 40-something players on the list. And sometimes with everything going on, you just don't get the opportunity to sit down and find out what is making that bloke tick or what's bothering him at any time during the year and you've got that relationship going and he thinks that that's the best way and the most productive way to spend his time and suits him best as a coach to be able to do that mm. and you know from what we've seen and the way they're operating it seems to be that it's working for them
1: yeah how important well you were a coach how your contact time with your players mm. on your list did you did you um, concentrate on the senior 30. And... No, I, I was just – I was pulled
3: in so many different – and this is why I failed because – well, one of the reasons. But – and this is when you're inexperienced, and this is why, you know, like I always like to think that the coach is going to have like a lot of experiences. So by the time they put their feet under the desk, they've got most things sorted out in their mind as to the way they're going to do it. But when you're a young coach and all of a sudden you're there – and all these people are coming at you from different angles mm. and you've been asked questions and then you're winning or you're losing whatever it might be you you can be overwhelmed by all sure. of that and you know you, you don't allow yourself to have the time to then to be able to sit there with a player and talk about stuff and develop those relationships mm. I mean that's one of the things that can go wrong with an inexperienced coach. Well, I think we've seen that with other inexperienced coaches in recent
1: times as well. A big challenge for new coaches this year. Uh, wise words from the Wisp there. Bunning's trade can help you get back to work with amazing value on a huge range. Don't forget the Signet Boost Power Bank You've got to give that away forty four ninety five cheap. It would have been very handy over the last uh, twenty four hours given the power and uh, My situation. Word.
3: Hey, we've used that so many times. What that power bank?
1: I know you have. It's, a, it's an absolute beauty. So if you can win one right now, then you should. And all you got to do is ring up or send in one of the messages and they're flying through. We'll take a break and be back with more after
2: Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Great to be with you. Uh, the
1: ramble's almost done for another day, thanks to Cogma Mistake. What about this uh, text message, Whispers? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're back, you boys. Can't wait for the footy start. The pie season launches tonight. Should be a great evening. It would be. Yep. P.S. Tim, my wife would love to drop off some breed-specific pug shampoo and conditioner to her business. Let me know if that's okay. That's
3: okay. I've let Is you that know. for you
1: or for Pooh? <laughs> In fact, you can do the pug shampoo.
3: No, it was pug shampoo, not yeah. rug shampoo.
1: <laughs> pug shampoo and conditioner. Uh welcome that would back, be very lads. Nice. I'm just wondering if you, anyone you. has heard anything out of Geelong this preseason. I follow them. I've heard zip. That's from Walshie. Well, stand by, Walshi, We've got the coach of the Geelong Footy Club. Yes. And Scott joining us today on Geelong Membership Day.
3: That's right. And we're going to put it to him whether or not Tom Stewart's going to play in the midfield this year. Are you? <laughs> no, we're not. That... that was one of the silliest stories that went around were... over the summer. I
1: missed it. What happened? Oh,
3: did you? Mm. I, it was like tongue-in-cheek, oh, we're thinking about putting, or somebody said
1: He Geelong. spent a couple of time, a couple of... Yeah, uh... but they're not
3: going to put him in the midfield no. permanently, no. let's be honest. Was that what about. the story was? Yeah, and then it just sort of you know, grew legs and in the end he came out last week and he said, no, that's not happening. We're not going to be playing in there. Okay. Trish, why, would, why would you take one of your best defenders and put him in the
1: midfield? Trisha's in Abbotsford. Hi, Trisha.
5: Hi, good morning.
4: Welcome back, boys. Thanks, Trisha. After Trish. watching the Super Bowl, we have absolutely nothing to learn <laughs> from the Super Bowl. Our grand final was so amazing, always is. And one of the most beautiful songs in the world is America the Beautiful, and the guy that came out absolutely butchered it. I thought, "Oh, there's their version of meatloaf." Oh, no. <laughs> so please was- g- give yourselves a pat on the pat on the back, and the AFL a pat on the back. We're an amazing, amazing. Group of people, so thank you very much. Well to well, you,
1: Trish. You're a good chance to win the call of the week. Very positive there. Into the draw for the 2024 Toyota Hilux GR Sport. Imagine Trish hooning around in the Hilux yes. GR
3: Sport. Yeah, that was Post Malone that sang that
1: song too. What about his chomps? His
3: choppers? Yeah, yeah, he's got uh, he's got some tattoo work going on uh, on his face. And faces. he's got the
1: full metal. Mm. No, chomps. he's got all that. He's <laughs> got all that, Gary.
3: Um, I'm hearing, I am hearing this yeah. from a very good source, and that is that. Uh, the season opening is going to be amazing in terms of already the popularity of AFL football for this season is going through the roof in mean? pre-game sales, membership, all that sort of what, stuff. What, the
1: opening round zero? They're, all, yeah, all,
3: they're selling out. Like, it's amazing how many people are scrambling to get tickets to the opening well, rounds of the AFL
1: season. He's been got to. I may have been. Chris Scott's going to join us. Mitch Cleary from Channel 7 with all of the news. And we'll get stuck into the biggest issue of the day out of the 7 o'clock news.
2: breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. It is Geelong Membership Day
1: today. Uh, The Geelong coach, Chris Scott, is going to join us. Um, You can get two for one on Geelong Cats three game membership code, SENCATS. So we'll have a chat with the coach of the Cats, um, Mitch Cleary. I think he's a Geelong supporter too. My word he is. chief footy reporter. He's going to have a chat with us about all the news that's kicking around. And Tassie. Is the big story this morning with uh, an election to be called today, the ramifications. I'm hearing not so much the ramifications for the team but what it means for the stadium. Mm-hmm. But that it also means the AFL said no stadium, no team. I That's think. right. But,
3: uh, Are you with Chris Scott okay? Because you've had some, not Barneys, but you've had a little bit of back and forward I've when never, you've interviewed him in the past, haven't I've you? I've never had a Barney with Chris Scott. No, I did. I heard you one night. You, were <laughs> no, talk- yes,
1: you yes, you did. you no, I have not. What was it about? I listened to you what one was night about? talking
3: to him. It was pre-game yeah. on radio, mm-hmm. and you were talking about tagging and not tagging and that type of thing, and then he came back at you and then you came back at him. Not not in a oh, mean. I oh,
1: so it was just a discussion. Yeah, it, was it wasn't a, a Barney. Well, it, it was. Was there it, respect?
3: Well, I thought there was respect from your side. I'm not sure sure that there was respect from his side.
1: (laughs) I'm a massive fan. I know you are. I know you are,
3: and he's always a good chat. And uh, I don't think you and I have ever
1: interviewed him before on this show. A couple of times we had him teed up, and Jared just swooped. That's right. Well, it's
3: very hard to get him because of Jared. That's right.
1: um, Talk about pressure, though. You talk about young
3: pressure or pressure being applied to anybody that enters AFL. And then you get somebody who goes, number one pick in the country. Then they go to the West Coast Eagles, a two-team town, and you think, okay, well, how are they going to handle it, right? How much pressure it might be? We know that he's already been on the front page of papers. We're talking about Harley Reid here.
1: Oh, someone told me he's been on the front and the back nearly every day.
3: He's been centrefold, everything, right? And this is his coach yesterday, Adam Simpson, just trying to maybe take a little bit of air out of it. On SCN? Yes, on SCN, just explaining how they might be able to handle this young man. And we're talking about the state of WA and how they might handle him.
4: I just hope we um, collectively, as a state, look after him. We want to keep him for forever uh, over here. So, yeah, look, he's going really well for an eighteen-year-old kid who, you know, is carrying a lot of expectations. I think the way he plays also allows him to win his own ball,
5: and um, he's finding his way through uh, senior football pretty pretty well so far. but he's um, he's very young.
3: So he's trying to take pressure off him, though, isn't he? What he's saying is like, you know, the expectation here. How are we going to handle him as a state? Yeah. Like we all have responsibility. We've all got investment in the West Coast Eagles. Now let's just maybe pull back a little bit and lower it, our expectations, or not.
1: It gives you an insight into what it's like in a two-team state. Like we, Adam Simpson's coaching the state there. He's he's coaching yeah, the yeah. state of Western Australia. He's not. That's not the message for the West Coast supporters. That's the message for the state of Western Australia. <laughs> that, that, and
3: what, what do you reckon he's thinking when he picks up the paper and he looks at the front cover and there's Harley Reid on it?
1: Well, it, there's a, well, so many things play. He's building a team and
3: everybody wants to talk about a, an individual.
1: Yeah. There's so much at play. And, and at the heart of it, too, is the fact that they've been so poor as a footy club, right? So they've had nothing to, they've had nothing to get excited mm. about. They've mm. been the whipping boys, which for West Coast Eagles team is – Unfamiliar territory, they've been a power of this competition from when they first came in back in 1987, Mm. and now all of a sudden they've gone through this period where they've been, you know, the laughing stock in lots of ways. And what the prospects of them having a massive improvement this year are pretty low as well. They've got to start again, all that sort of stuff. So they're dealing with that, and then this kid, this most hype kid Mm. in recent times, lobs on the doorstep. So they go, right. that he is the thing where all the attention is going to go because if they if he's been absorbed into a powerful West Coast side of yesteryear, yeah. then you're not having these issues because the load's been shared by you know the whole whether it's Jackovic and Mainwaring yeah. and you know all those players, but not now. He is the beacon.
3: It's hard to know whether or not you can prepare somebody for this too because you get a young kid in any young kid that you draft any club that drafted a kid last year, you get them into your football club and you try and prepare them for AFL football. Mm but what they're trying to prepare him for is something that is unique to the West Coast Eagles. And there's not another kid that got drafted last year. who's going to be experiencing the same things that Harley Reid is in terms of the attention that's been applied to him. No. I, I don't know. I've been thinking about, I don't know how you can prepare somebody for that. You can talk to them about it and say, you know, in their pre discussions, they would have said, Oh look, we, you know, if we take you, this is what you might expect coming to WA. We only got the two teams over there. There's a lot of media attention, particularly on the West Coast Eagles. There's even more attention on you. We've had a very bleak couple of years, as you outlined. We've had no success. There's nothing exciting about us. You will be the most exciting thing that comes to our team, and therefore you're going to be written about and talked about and recognized in the streets, all that type of thing. And you try and prepare somebody for that, but – it, it it's so foreign to no. a kid that's just stepped out of under 18 football to find themselves thrust into the middle of what he's th- found himself thrust into. And the
1: justif- it's all justifiable speculation and questions, right? And it's justifiable discussion. It may not be an issue at all for Harley Reid. Not for him, it may no. not. No. It, we're, like, where's you know, asking the question what's it going to mean? And he's going to be. Yeah. He, he might be just one of those blokes who just takes it in his stride. And from all accounts, he is. Like, he's. From, he may be, Gary, but he's
3: stepping out and he would be already recognized by pretty much no, no, he, 75% 100%, 100%. of the people in Perth. 100%. He can't go anywhere without people recognizing him. And, you know, and he might start out that kid that you're talking about, but we've seen people in the past who, because of the exposure and, you know, Buddy and all these guys who think, oh, God, I
1: don't want to live in this fishbowl.
3: Yeah. I, I actually, I'm not enjoying that yeah. part of it
1: at all. Yeah, well – again the personality traits that he has and we only know about him because of how much hype was around him so we know more about him than most draftees coming into a, into their first season would suggest that he's really well equipped to deal with it that you know all the people back mm. home in Tongala and around that area tell me that yeah you know, the, the bush rangers yes. that he's really level headed and well suited we might be jumping at shadows. He might just take, in fact, he might thrive on a Tim. He might be one of those young kids and personalities. who absolutely thrives on being the center of, well, not the center of attention for any other reason than what we've spoken about. Number mm-hmm. one pick, highly rated team. That's really poor. The other side of the coin is Jason Horn Francis, which is a really good comparison to make because he's gone back yeah. to a two team town who are every bit is passionate, but he's gone into a really strong organization yeah. and enjoyed some success. But he had a tough year last year. I mean, he got booed, and you know this ridiculous notion of opposition supporters booing him and all that sort of mm. stuff. And then he was asked about it as well. And he, so this is where I'm not saying Harley Reid's going to be in the same position, but this is where Jason Horn Francis finds himself now.
5: I went through a lot in my first year, and um, probably can't top what I went through in my first year. So um, yeah, I feel like I'm really well prepared for for what what's to come in the future, um, so yeah, I can't be more grateful for, I guess, what I went through, which is probably silly, but yeah, it was, it was good to get that exposure. I learned a lot. Um, I learned that footy is 80% in your head and 20% on the field. Dad's always told me that when I was from when I was a young, young kid, so it was very good learning about that, and um, like I said, it gave me a lot of exposure for the years to come. It was definitely hard early, um, I guess not knowing why, you, well, I guess knowing why, but um, from other supporter base,
1: not knowing why, but... It was, it was it was tough early, but you know you get used to it. I think Jason Horn Francis has been magnificent in the way that he's handled all the attention and the pressure that's come his way.
3: The North Melbourne stuff, and then yeah. the Port Adelaide stuff. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I think he's made he made mistakes early in the piece behaviourally from you know the expectations of a professional footy club like you know, the AFL clubs are, and North Melbourne would mm-hmm. tell you that. He wasn't at the level where he needed to be now that's okay that's that's an 18 year old kid i think that's we ex- have to come to expect that whether you're number one pick number two pick or number mm. 45 what i hear from him and what i see from him is development and learning and accepting and yeah yeah i yeah you know, i don't know why they boo me but i'm grateful that it's part of my experience of growing up so i think there's learnings there for harley there's learnings for west coast there's learnings for everyone
3: it can be tough on a, an eighteen year old kid depending upon their maturity. You imagine if maybe Horne Francis had have gone to West Coast and not come to North Melbourne in his first year mm. like because of the way that he was in his first year and maybe his immaturity, even as an eighteen year old kid in that first year and the way that he handled things at North Melbourne, had the spotlight like the spotlight wasn't on him. Here in North Mel- at North Melbourne in his first it, year, so it, much it
1: came on him though, didn't it? Yeah, because speculation started of, to that's right.
3: The speculation about him going back home and you know missing missing some, missing some things and that type of thing, but that would have been multiplied oh, yeah. by another ten times had he been at West Coast at that time too, and everybody had to seen him out or whatever he might have been doing in that first year of his football. So it was uh, that that and and having having a strong football club or having strong players around you is a godsend for players. Like if you find yourself in the right environment with the right group of players, with the right professional, with the right attitude, and then that's the norm around you, then you start to think, okay, well that's what the expectation is of me too. Hmm. You go to the wrong club, you go to a weak club, you go to a club where there's not a lot of great leaders, then that's what you're going to think the game
1: is all about. Should they – Is there a danger of being overly protective of Harley Reid? Is there, you know, and I get what Adam Simpson's saying. I hope the state looks after Hmm. him. So then we over here on the eastern seaboard go, "What are you talking about?" The state is there. Can you over overreact to, you know, the speculative? the outside noise that's coming in on Harley. Can you just say let's let him go? He's a kid. Let him, let him Yeah,
2: let
3: him. I I think you gotta try and, I think you gotta try and put some uh, people around him and some barriers around him to try and protect him as mm. best you can. But they would have taken him with the understanding that as you've already outlined, his maturity, his ability to be able to handle things, his level headedness, all that sort of stuff. Mm. They'd be thinking, Okay, well he's gonna be okay to a point. But then yeah, you know, they're going to have to step in. They're not going to put him out as the spokesperson of the club week They don't have week to. Out.
1: Because he already unofficially has been announced that by the rest of the state, by, yeah. the, by, the, by what we're hearing. Probably, this is a message that's come through. Probably the best piece of advice you give him is call Nick at the pies. He handled the pressure very well in his first couple of years. He did, but he was surrounded by Sidebottom, mm. Pendlebury, Darcy Moore. Jack, Chris, Friday, mate. That's what I'm talking about. The go, he was taking yeah. a lot of the heat.
3: Yeah, some experienced players who've been around the game a long time. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, like being born into a football family as well. So his old man would have been able to give him some great advice too.
1: Yeah, that's true. Phil's in Bayswater. G'day, Phil.
2: G'day, gents. I think it's Simo's language is quite interesting. Boys, I think saying you want to keep him, I think Simo's saying you're going to scare the kid out of the state, which is... A little, little bit alarmist. It'd be, it'd be interesting, um, Tim, if you got Mick Lombardi on around. Justin Fields was similar at, at the charges. I think they expect him to be a franchise player and he's going to be a good player, but Simo's saying that we might scare him away. We've got to look after him. If I was a member of the West Coast, I wouldn't want to hear that. I just don't think it's positive at all.
1: Yeah, well, we, without being over there, we don't. I, I don't have an appreciation for how the... Clubs and the media are aligned, and whether they're in bed together or whether they're working in cahoots to try and make this as no. seamless a transition as you can. No, them. they
3: won't be. They won't be in cahoots. No. 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 They won't be.
1: They have been in the past. The West Coast Eagles have
3: run that. But down. it's not the media's job. It's not the media's job to try and protect no. Harley Reid and his career. And no. I mean, they're trying to find. They're trying to find. They're, they're exactly. They're doing. They're doing exactly what you talked about before. They're trying to find something mm. that's exciting that they can actually write about and something that they can turn their attention to. Michael Lombardi, who Phil mentioned just before, he's on our program tomorrow. We will put that question to him because he's got a lot of interesting things to say about franchise-type players too and the way that they should be handled. And also, you know, the success – I know you sent me a text message at one stage saying, you know, all these young coaches that are coming into the NFL and, you know, you look at uh, the guy that's the Super Bowl coach. He was the oldest coach in the NFL this year and he goes about it in a completely different way.
1: Conversation started for the Drain Man. Drain Problems, call the experts, the Drain Man. We'll take a break there. Western Bulldogs, um, Amit Baines put out a very interesting statement uh, addressing – Some of the speculation about relationships within their footy department. We'll have a chat about that on the other side.
2: Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. We're all transitioning into full AFL mode. We are right
1: now with the first game not too far away. In fact, the first time that two clubs will come together is on Sunday. I think Melbourne and Richmond are going to do some match sim. What is that when you have match sim? That's just a
3: practice. You say sim, I say match stim. It's match stimulation. You say simulation. But why Either or. Why don't
1: they call it a practice match?
3: Well, I don't know. Because
1: it. Well, they're trying to tell them not to tackle it. Well,
3: or I guess there's, yeah, there's sort of like maybe some modified theories and rules and whatever behind it. But um, it's match sim. They're ready to go, though. They're all ready to go, the clubs. They are ready to go. What do you think about this statement that's been put out by Bulldogs well, CEO Amit Baines? You,
1: before you read it, because Amit, he uh, spoke to Joshy Gablich at afl.com.au. It may have been in response to something our man Kano said, but he, did, he came as discussing uh, the Western Bulldog situation with Bucks on Monday morning.
4: There's one coach in particular that's sort of gone missing publicly in this off-season as we gear up you know, only weeks away from the season starting and the responsibility for a coach like Luke Beveridge to front up more and be more accessible to the media and therefore his fans. And the reason I say that is because there's been a lot of change at the Western Bulldogs. They've just completed the review. We haven't really heard from anyone, in particular Luke Beveridge, since um, Chris Grant has essentially been demoted. There's been stories about tension between him uh, and Chris. They're in the lowest two to three clubs in terms of supporter bases in melbourne and i think we need to hear from him more essentially he's been invisible this season i'm calling it where's bevo in a little where's
2: wally costume
1: so i I was listening to that he went on to say that you know it's one of the callers got up and said why should you know luke Beveridge speak and Cain said, well, because there's this talk about this fractured relationship between he and Chris Grant, that um, Matthew Egan has been promoted to a role. Chris Grant's gone to a different role. So what's Amit Bain said on afl.com.au? He
3: said that any suggestion there's an unworkable breakdown in any relationships, including that of Chris and Luke, is frankly incorrect, as is any suggestion that role changes have been made on this basis. Chris and Luke have worked together for a very long time. Um, they presided over the most successful on-field period in the club's history. This couldn't happen without a strong and productive relationship. So that goes to the heart of what he's saying. But can I just respond? That's the first time I've heard uh, Corn talk about that. But Bevo wasn't available to the – because I I know this for a fact because we tra- we tried to track him down last off-season and he wasn't available. So it's not something – knew that he's, he's just decided break. upon in the last 12 months that he's taken a break. Yeah. He took a break from it in the off-season the year before too because we all thought that he'd be a good chat. But what, We tried extremely hard to get him
1: What What Kane's saying in this instance, that the, this, this off-season is different because of... Because, you know, I'm not saying that Luke has, has to talk, but no. because of the fact that Chris Grant... And then Peter Jackson came in to oversee... Well, they did this. an overview, yeah. And And this is what's been... Yep. This is
3: what's come out of it. So okay, so you they're looking for a what what we what you need to be successful is you need alignment. Whatever structure you decide upon, and you know some clubs are different than other clubs about the structure they have. You need alignment. Like you need people buying in, and accepting that okay, that's the way that we're going to align. Now maybe I don't know. We haven't spoken about this, so maybe maybe, Amit you know, Bones, and I, I I take his word that they've got a great relationship and the maybe there are parts of the overview conducted by Peter Jackson that that, that, that he wasn't happy. Maybe he didn't want the club to do that. Maybe he did. I don't know. We haven't spoken to him. So, But, you know, like I can remember and I said to you, this to you off here this morning, you know, the last time somebody as a coach vehemently disagreed with the way the club was going about examining itself and it was an internal examination that I can recall is when Brian Cook did that down at Geelong with Bomber Thompson and that ruffled his feathers like incredibly, I think they came out and won the flag (laughs) that year. So sometimes, you know, sometimes there has to be a circuit breaker Mm. at a football club for change. And maybe all participants aren't going to be happy, but maybe at the end result of that, when you do shuffle some positions or you bring new people in or whatever, you do get the alignment and you get
1: a better operation. It's. And unless you're intimately involved at a club, then you're speculating. Ross Lyon and Simon Lethleen addressed, you know, a similar mm-hmm. issue months ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we, we mightn't be best mates, but we're, you know, Simon's the CEO, this and that, and the speculation was that they weren't getting on or that, you know, they were, saw things differently. But they p- tried to put it to bed months ago, and then last week, Simon Lethleen's gone.
3: Mm.
1: So, now I'm not saying that's the case here from a Western Bulldogs point of view, but that, you know, Western Bulldogs fans have rightfully can grab a hold of this Amit Bain's statement and say, righto, everyone just back off. There, there it is. That's what Amit said. They get on. Everyone's fine. Life's good. We've heard that. That happens in footy. We've, we we hear that. Put the fire out. You know, if there is tension, calm the tensions. St Kilda did that. And then three months later, there's a change made. So that's why there's speculation surrounds this sort of stuff. Now, from this Western Bulldogs point of view, there may be absolutely nothing. They may be all on the same page and away they go. Or, as we saw in the St Kilda situation in Mm -hmm. four months' time, we may see a change.
3: That's right. If the alignment is not there and they're not all working and swinging in the same direction, then you're right. In three months' time, we might realise that, okay, it hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. They're not happy and there may be further change.
1: Yeah. They so did go on to say that Chris Grant remains the executive director of footy, ultimately responsible for the men's program, and a critical leader of the footy ambitions. His focus is more into macro. This is where it gets macro macro areas like leadership, strategy, and innovation. And then Matt Egan's role allows the program to now have someone exclusively focused on the operational and performance aspects of the program. So it's all it's a little bit corporatey, but essentially they're saying look elsewhere. So I will. I take it on board, but I also take it with a little grain of salt to say, I don't know what's going on at the Western Bulldogs. Um, I'll watch with great interest. won't really worry me if in four months' time Chris Grant goes or – Can
3: I ask you this question then? Do you think that Chris – not Chris Grant. Do you think that um, Bevo should stand up and say something, make himself available? If we rang the Bulldogs and said, look, we'd love to have him on tomorrow morning, do you think he should come on our show and talk about all this sort of stuff?
1: I think he'll come on our show on – Yeah, on the Western Bulldogs membership day, I think Luke Beveridge would come on our show, no problem.
3: But do you think he should? Do you think he should now stand up and make some comment about what's taken place at the Western Bulldogs? I don't
1: think you should be dictated to by... If you're a really strong organisation, you don't get dictated to by media speculation, do
3: you? No, but everybody does. (laughs) Well... At some point... uh, Well, not everybody does, but if there is enough... if, yeah, there no, is that's enough, true. if there's is enough true. noise going on around your football club, yeah, that's at true. some point you're drawn to then make a statement, which is exactly what they did. Like yeah, That's it, that's the statement that's on behalf right. of the football club yesterday. It hasn't been made by Bevo. It's been made by their CEO. No,
1: and Bevo will say, I'm hey, I'm doing the job I'm paid to do, and that is prepare these boys to return to finals footy and have another big crack at it. And it's a really important time for him. I mean, he's been there for a long time. He's a premiership coach. You go down as one of their greatest. Coaches in the history of that footy club.
3: Well, I reckon, I reckon the flag that they won is one of the greatest coaching performances in the last fifty
1: years. Mm. S- well, uh, and I think that that has that buys him the right to now get, try and go back to the well again, and we'll watch with great interest. It's a big, big year for the Western Bulldogs. We'll take some news headlines. Mm-hmm. Oh dear mate, it's always something to talk about. We're here for Melbourne Airport Parking. You can book online for the best rates at melbourneairport.com.au. You're out there tomorrow
3: at yes. the airport? Yes, so I will be out there Straight tomorrow at the to airport.
1: Melbourne Airport Parking.
3: That's exactly, and I'll be dropping your name park,
1: too. You, park your big bus and away you go. Are you going to catch up with Damien Hardwick?
3: Uh, going up there, yeah, to see... Or is uh, that, them, what, that, is that in camera?
1: No, well... <laughs>
3: Well, it's not anymore. No. No, I'll be going up there to speak to him and uh, have a look around up there. Um, It's an exciting place to be right now. Uh, See, I'm fascinated. You know what I'm fascinated about? What? I'm fascinated when I looked at, if you look at, say, the Giants, right, and what they did last year, and it took them a while to adapt to a new way of playing.
1: 100%. And
3: I've spoken to people about it, and it – It takes time even for the coaches to understand that haven't been part of Richmond as to how you implement that game plan, because it's quite specific, the roles you play, that type of thing, okay? But then once it clicked in, they got away to it. It's a successful season, the Giants. Mm -hmm. I'm just interested to see how long it will take this young group of players at the Suns to be able to adapt to it, because I sat with them the other night and we're talking about it and they said, you know, it's so different. You know, mm. and Jack LaCoscia said it yesterday talking about, you know, you, you, you're out there and you're training it and you're thinking, well, mm. I don't know yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing. And then the first time and then the second time and then the third fo- time and then finally it clicks in. Yeah. I just wonder how long Dimmer thinks it's going to take him to get that team playing the way that he wants them to play. The
1: analogy with the Giants is interesting the, the, because, uh, I, mean, I don't know this for a fact, but if you asked Adam Kingsley, he would say, oh, he changed massively. Uh, remember, remember the stress and the and how much he was carrying with him. I think early he changed.
3: I think he changed in around his demeanour in yeah, the no, box and that type I mean. of thing. But what he was actually teaching the players, he didn't change.
1: Yeah, but that how you teach it, and like the players see that. The players would have seen that. In fact, I know the players saw that early mm. in the piece, and they're seeing how. Uh, Intensive, right? yeah, and, and yeah. they're going. Well, geez, what's going on? This is this is round two. You mm. know, there's a long season ahead. You yeah. know, so, it wasn't happening
3: quickly enough for him. No,
1: right? and he was in a hurry, and he'd been waiting for his shot at the you know AFL senior coaching gig. All he's you know been for jobs. So mm. all of a sudden, he thought, I've got to do this in six weeks. And the, I think the players felt that pressure. I think he felt the pressure, and there came a time where they went, "Let's just take a deep breath." I think the players said to him, hey, it's a, this is the marathon, not the sprint. And, and we saw changes. They all got on the same page. The difference is that Dimas has been there and done it for a long period of time. So he's not going to have that level of frustration early in the piece. I mean, he knows, he, he knows the caper inside out. Do you think they're a
3: top eight side? Who? The Suns.
1: No, I, haven't, I wouldn't have them in the top eight at this stage, no.
3: Right. But Where do you think they're still short then?
1: How would we, how would we know anyway? If you go, I, I know we did our predictions tongue in cheek on Tuesday <laughs> yesterday. No, we didn't. I'm not going to. Well, I say this every year. Unless you go and watch them train and regularly and sit down and I
3: oh, know, but you've seen them last year. Okay? I don't see. I so can't you, trust them to see, be in the seen, finals yet. No, But I can't. you know. You see. Okay, so you see the talent they've got available yep. to them last year. Yeah. You know that the game plan of Richmond is different and yep. you know that the Giants got the same game plan and they went from where they were to yeah. where they ended up last yeah. year. So could you see the same thing happening now, with the Suns? They, of
1: course they could, but I haven't got them doing it. I, I, just, I don't trust them and I'm happy to be proven wrong and if all of a sudden they can be hard nosed and win mm. games when they're not supposed to and just, you know, like we, when we don't expect that they string them together and then all of a sudden the pressure comes on that club and... For whatever reason, they haven't been able to stand up. So until they do, I'm... I'm There's a, two things about that, though.
3: You took, with that pressure and the players not being able to stand up, one is the game plan and the way they're instructed to play. Yep, that'll make... Yep, that sure. can be a difference. Well, we've got to prove. And man, that can, and can make charged. players that look like they haven't been able to deal with the stresses and the pressures of things coming back on them and capitulating in games that can disappear as a result of them actually being part of something that's completely different in the way they play. Yeah, I
1: agree. If you're and at... the
3: instruction and the emphasis on different parts of the game, because all, we all think coaches all coach the same way, mm. but they've all got different emphasis on parts of the game that they coach.
1: And um, their ability to emotionally connect and get, just extract something a little bit more out of a group or an individual that that's someone right. else and wasn't able to. That's and the cream the on the, X, the top. That's the little X factor. So – the bigger, bigger question is who can't who can't make who can you not see hmm. make the eight in any way shape or form and of course you know they could pop up you'd be brave to select them in your eight and if you do and they get there then you're a genius uh, we I'll, I'll read you something from Ross Lyon on Simon Lithlin um, when we after come. the break
2: breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson my Kubota take on any job with Kubota's
1: mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. My Kubota mower's in uh, need of a, some repair. It's a little bit of a tricky one because I've got a good man who can help me out. Mm. And you you want my man, now that you're down there with me, to help you out. Yep. My man's hard to get. Right. And if I put him on, if I let you go. That's interesting. And, and getting it onto him. Well, then he may be even harder for me to get.
3: Well, that's interesting you should say that because you sent me his number yesterday. <laughs> I called him and bang, <laughs> the message not. hadn't even left my phone and he'd responded. <laughs> he <did not. laughs> so he's coming to my joint this weekend to do a little bit of a once-over on, uh, on my mark. But just quickly before we go to Mitch Cleary. Um, no, we haven't
1: got... I haven't. know,
3: just quickly, the Ross Lyon thing, though, that you were going to... Oh, s- yeah, so we're st- talking
1: about you know, how things change. So this is Rossy back in July of last year. From my end and Simon's end, we're fine. I haven't had one raised word with Simon since I've been here, or Simon with me, to be truthful. Clearly, I'm transitioning in the club. There's been a lot of new regime. Things are done differently, and there's changes, and teams are disbanded. This is when there was some speculation. Yeah. So at that time, I'm yeah. sure that was the case. All plans are subject
3: to change. They are. Mitch Cleary. Have channel... you read his business card? Who? Mitch Cleary's business card. Do you know what he's got
1: written on it? Chief football reporter. 100%. Hey, Mitchy. Good
4: morning, guys. Thanks for having me on board.
1: Congratulations, Masai, for uh, ascending to the top of the throne there
4: thank you, I had to steal the uh, the business cards off Tom Brown's desk. I'm just rubbing his name out at the moment. <laughs> but, uh, it's good to, to finally move up a chair. Hey, How
3: come you didn't get his car parked there at Channel 7?
4: No, oh, it's it's a tighter spot, that one. He he was rolling with the little car. I'm trying to roll with a, something a bit bigger, Tim, so I'm I'm trying to work <laughs> my way around that car park.
1: Now listen, Masai, let's get on to the issues at hand here. The Tasmanian election, which is um, to be called today, we believe, what's the ramifications? My mail is at this is going to put planning on hold for potentially seven weeks plus for the AFL. Absolutely.
4: It's going to push it back one way or another. And the, the, the lower end is that the stadium goes ahead and it's just another convoluted planning process that gets pushed back. But the major implication could be if Labor comes in, so currently it's the Liberal government, if Labor was to come in, they could turf the stadium process completely. Now, I think that's really unlikely to happen given how far we've got. And that Labor right now has been a bit wishy-washy on their on their thoughts around the $700 million stadium. But it just kicks it down the road a little bit further. And, you know, the, the thought is that the election will come in late March. The Tasmanian team's already said mid-March they're going to name the, the logo and the, the team colours and the, the nickname. Well, it's just going to push it back even further. And, and this is just another stumbling block that Tassie's going to have to go through. Originally, the election was due for 2025. It's going to be brought forward. Um, the next month or so, and it's just under curveball they're going to have to deal with. I think the stadium still goes ahead. I think the 19th license will come in, but if there's any thought of them playing in that stadium for their first game in 2028, that is gone now, officially. I think this is going to be pushed well down the road um, for years to come.
3: Gary, you've done a lot of work in this space uh, to build this stadium. Um, what's the time frame on something that big, do you think? Long time. Long time, yeah. Excellent. Uh, Matthew Nix's contract. <laughs> you had a great uh, yarn with him last night on Channel 7 News, Mitch. Um, where is it at? And is he likely to get a contract extension?
4: He, I think he will, Tim. Whether that comes before round one or not, I think he's less likely now. I think it's going to push into the season. He's extremely confident. He's confirmed that they're in talks um, for a new deal. Um, where that sits exactly, he's unsure himself. I, I think... The start of the year is pretty tough. They've got some um, you know, strong finalists from last year. They hit the road and have to play Fremantle um, early in that mix too. So I think he, he's a coach for the next term at the Crows when that's announced. I'm not sure. He doesn't know either. But um, I think it's safe to say he will be the man in the middle
3: Give him a new deal,
1: Gary? Oh, yeah. I think Keep him get... on
3: a, a short rope or a bit of a longish rope?
1: I don't think there's a rush, Tim. I don't think there's anyone out there that's about to sign Matthew Nix to uh, coach their team other than Adelaide. So, yeah, I don't think there's a rush.
3: They don't need to get him in the nix of time?
1: <laughs> they'll, they'll get him just in the nix of time. Hey, what's going on with the Demons uh, forward line down there, uh, Mitchie?
4: Well, if you can believe this, guys, they could be without seven forwards for the first game, which is in 22 days. That's incredible to think on its own. But, we know that Ben Brown's out with a knee injury. Jake Mulcham won't play with his ACL. Tom Fortin with his hamstring. And, of course, Joel Smith um, has been provisionally banned um, after what happened last year with the um, illegal substance. And then you've got Harrison Petty, who hasn't completed a full week of training this side of Christmas. Shamie Caddham's still battling a number of niggles. And Todgy Pickett, if you can remember from last year's final series, is actually suspended for his first game, given the, the hit on Patrick Cripps. So... So much talk around this Melbourne forward line and, and what they've gone out in the trade period to go and rectify, it could be down to, to Van Royen and Fritz. Now, both are, are solid players, but they're going to be pretty threadbare in that first game, Gaz, um, when they tackle the Swans.
1: Yeah, well, oh, no. that would be uh, even more pressure then, if – not pressure, but if Clayton Oliver's able to get himself up and right and pass all the or tick all the boxes, which would allow Petrarca to spend a bit more time forward if that's the case. But, uh, yeah, that is an issue for the Demons, no question. Uh, Tim English, most talked about contract for the year until such time as he does or doesn't sign.
4: Can't hear what he has to say today when we speak to him for, for seven years. Oh, I think this is one that goes in the distance. West Coast is the obvious pseudo given. He's got strong links back home to, to WA. Fremantle are sorted with their Ruck division with Sean Darcy and Luke Jackson. But West Coast is the obvious one. Nick Nat's retired. They're going to look for the long term successor. Um, I think this does go the distance and Jimmings is going to have a, a big decision to make. Does he take the mega offer from the Eagles or does he see, um, you know, success on the horizon at the Bulldogs? I think the first 10 to 12 weeks of this year, his relationship with Luke Beveridge and, and where that all sits and um, the, the process going forward for that Bulldogs footy club is going to have a big stain in whether he remains at that club.
3: And Mitch, just quickly before we let you go, uh, the Blues confirmed yesterday that Jacob Wittering is a non-starter for probably the first three or four rounds?
4: Yeah, first two at least, Tim. So that's Joe Dunne round one that they won't get him to play on. And then Tom Lynch thinks he's going to be able to play. Well, sorry, that's opening round. And then Tom Lynch, round one in the traditional Thursday night season opener. And then the Blues have got the bye in that uh, third week of the season. So that's the best case scenario. Jacob Wienerings back for the Blues the third game. But um, still a few hoops to jump through between now and then.
1: Very nice to hear your voice, young man. Um, Continue on your merry way.
4: Thanks, guys. Good morning. How are you, Mitch?
1: <laughs> did Mitch say when we go back over the tape <laughs> when we welcomed what? him? Did Mitch clearly say, uh, It's good to have me on board? <laughs> Did he say that or not? I, I didn't hear it. I've just got a message
3: suggesting. We'll go back and have a listen to well, it. Hey, I that's didn't hear it. the sort
1: of conference you want from right. your chief footy reporter. I tell you It's what, good to have me on board.
3: Exactly. But you've buried the lead. You're out there watching Melbourne train. At no stage, at no stage, have you spoken about your club many, many times since no, you went there? Yes, I've you had. on air once. Off air, we've spoken many <laughs> times about. Mel- no stage did you mention Wisp were going to be without seven fours. Well, the first, the first four round. wouldn't have
1: played anyway. Why not? Well, because they're probably not in the best team.
3: Yes, they would have. Who? Well, Smith was in your oh, best Mel- team. Melksham would have. Maybe. Melksham would have been in your best team. Yeah. There's two of the four. Melksham. Yeah.
1: Melksham would have.
3: Well, Brownie probably as well.
1: Yeah.
3: Are you worried about that then? Yeah. Seven forwards not available early.
1: Yeah. No, I'm worried about Harrison Petty. He's he's my main concern. If I'm a Demon supporter, I mm-hmm. want Harrison Petty. If Harrison Petty is able to play, then Petty, Van Royen, and Fritsch surrounded by some nipsies, yep. then that's okay.
3: That's okay. And uh, what happens if uh,
1: Maxi Gorn goes down? Who's your backup ruckman? P- Cozzy. <laughs> <laughs> With, no, we, there is a young man whose name just escapes me, I've looked in the book, who's a bas- like a basketball – this is the guy who was rucking against Max anyway when I was out there watching him and was moving really well, yeah. like a really good athlete, but just raw as raw. So probably – I don't want to scare the team's no. fans, but I don't think there's any player – who is more aligned to the success or otherwise of their footy club in the competition this year than Max Gorn. There isn't.
3: agree. But Fullerton was recruited for that purpose, but he's got a hammy. Yeah,
1: yeah, and absolutely as a backup, but he's got a six- to eight-week hamstring. Yeah. I he, think
3: because yeah. you asked me the question this morning before we came on air, how is Sam Draper going to be able to play alongside Todd Goldstein? And yes. I said to you, well, Goldstein was recruited to be the backup for Draper, and you said, well, hang on a minute, that's not what Draper said yesterday. Draper
1: said, "Ian Goldie are going to be a magnificent." Of course, he's
3: got to say like that. He can't. He can't. He can't demote one of his teammates. He, he can't say, "Oh no, well, he won't be playing because I'll be playing. He's just my backup." So he's not going to say that. There's
1: the headline: Watson says no chance Draper and Goldstein in same team.
3: I don't think I said that. <laughs>
1: Can you see them in the same team? Yes, I can. (laughs) You're gun shy after yesterday.
2: Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. If you haven't heard much from Geelong,
1: just stand by. SEN Membership Day, uh, two for one on the Geelong Cats three-game membership code. SEN Cats, the coach. Chris Scott is going to join us coming into his 14th year as coach of the Geelong Footy
3: Club. Very much looking forward to speaking to him. Also, uh, I'm going to introduce a new segment titled Things Said Off Air During the Break. <laughs> oh, no, Van Roy, this is what Tim. was said during the break. Don't, not, don't not,
1: make a rod for your back. No, either. I won't do that. Because, because I'll talk about the 32 again. I won't be. I,
3: I, I, I'm you want not, me to talk about the 32? I'm not attributing this to anyone, but somebody said <laughs> during the break, I heard, I just picked this up, <laughs> Van Rorian has bulked up. He's got guns like Garrity back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not attributing that to anyone. Uh, the, Ferris White was a young ruck. Thank you, Oscar. He was the young athletic, bas- I think, basketball background, the old basketball hmm. background. Jefferson was a draft, high draft pick. He was a Ford. Jim wants he played. Well, he was just running laps, Jim, while I was there, I think. Right. I don't know if he hurt himself early in that game or not. Ferris can have a day off. Um, there was a power outage last night. Matty from Beveridge, also knows the cricket school. Well, it's not good news for the Aussies, Matty. Not that they really care, because they didn't take it too seriously. Uh, the West Indies made 220 after being 5 for 79. And the best we could do was 5 for 183. So we win the Series 2-1, but yep, who cares? Feed up. Feed up. Right, I hope you're at your best, because we don't get access to Chris Scott very often. So I've, I've no, he intimidates little, me. I'm going to have pressure inti- on you to um, come with your very I'm in- best.
3: I'm intimidated by him. I'm going to hand it over to you.
1: Well, he's um, got two flags. They missed the finals for only the second time. He joins us out at eight o'clock. Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson here, Membership Day. Enjoy two for one on Geelong Cats. Three game memberships. Code SEN Cats. They've got the magnificent new stadium down there. Wisp. They've had a very good pre-season. I'm told. First time for a long time that they've been able to... Uh, <laughs> Don't give me the... What are you doing? He's only got 15 minutes. You've already wasted five of them. <laughs> Chris Scott is the coach of the Cats. He joins us. Welcome Scotty.
0: Hey, Gary, Tim. How are you
1: guys? Uh, we're going well. Um, looking forward to the 2024 season. Tim's put me under pressure. I know you're a busy man. It's great to have you on. Um, where are you at in terms of your preparation? It's it's a different one given you've had the full off-season period, if you like, without
2: finals.
0: No, you're right. It's been a while since we've had a long um, off-season period, especially with the bye. Missing the finals gives you that extra week. Um, you know, compared to where it was when we last missed the finals, which was, I think, over 10 years ago. Um, but we've been really conscious not to assume that that's going to give us um, any added benefit. It's, it certainly has allowed us to get prepared in terms of postseason surgery and those sort of things, but a little bit of extra training doesn't guarantee you anything. But that being said, we feel confident that our preparation's been good, certainly better than last year, which is all you can really do, compare yourself to where you were um, 12 months prior.
1: How different does it look, given that you've had those chance to put people away and get them surgery? I mean, is it just a matter of more sort of contact hours on the track?
0: Yeah, I I think so. I mean, and and that really tangible example of surgeries being done in sort of late August as opposed to, um, you know, October, uh, and and look it doesn't also doesn't guarantee that because we're in pretty good shape now that that will flow through into the season as well we, we We weren't going well this time last year, but then we lost a couple of defenders in particular on the eve of the season, which which sort of made it a challenge for us. Um, but but again, you can I think you can focus too much on sort of health and fitness and availability. Um, Really, every AFL club should assume that the other 17 clubs have had good preparations too. Mm. It's really about sort of what you do from here and um, sort of execute on some of the shifts that we've made. And we're really trying to look at sort of this year in isolation as opposed to spending too much time thinking about how we want to play compared to how we played the previous year.
3: Uh, Chris, uh, yesterday we spoke to uh, Chris Fagan and uh, he spoke about uh, one area that they'd concentrated on was the reaction time of their players. Has there been anything specific that when you sat down and looked at last season, the way you played, you saw that as a priority in terms of your training over the preseason?
0: Oh, well, again, we, we we as coaches have talked a lot about uh, last year and, um, and the way we played. Um, but we've we've been at pains not to spend too much time with our players talking about those things and we've brought in two, well they are new coaches, um, albeit um, guys that have been at Geelong in the past. So James Raleigh spent three years at the Crows and has come back and has a fresh view of, of the Cats and Stephen King was last at the Cats back in I think 2008 I'm going to say. So He's had a lot of experience and we're really using um, uh, those guys as a fresh set of eyes to look at what we've got now and and, and the way we can play um, kind of moving into 2024. Um, I, again, I just think it's a mistake to sort of think that well, we just take up from where we, we left off last year and, 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 and try to tweak from there. We're trying to look at it from um, a whole new starting point and, and, and in effect, that that for us boils down to What's the personnel we've got at our disposal? And, and that's the thing that, that is exciting them because they haven't seen much of Toby Conway or Jai Clark or our first-round pick from last year, Conor O'Sullivan. Um, you know, even guys like Tanner Bruin and, and Ollie Henry are only their second year in our system. So, yeah, we're thinking about what we can be from here rather than looking back too much.
3: He must be flying, Conor O'Sullivan, because um, I don't want to misquote him, but Graham Myers said something to the effect of he'd give him a 10-year deal now.
0: Yeah, that's optimistic. I, I, maybe, maybe Grind just trying to, uh, to to screw him down on on, on price. But uh, I, I mean, I can see he's got all the attributes that you love to see in a, in a young player. He's um, he's really enthusiastic. Um, I, I, mean, I, I, I tend to not like this description of young players in terms of their leadership qualities because they, they should really be allowed to. Find their own way in the game before they need to take on the burden of looking after others. But already you can see um, that, that, that he plays with that kind of um, you know feel for his teammates. He, he was clearly a influential player as a junior and, and playing as a key back. I think stands you in good stead because you you need to think about what's happening up the field and, and have an influence in the way in which you know the players up the field are defending. Sometimes. Um, that can be a better introduction to the game than sort of playing in the forward half, where you tend to be not quite sure how the ball got down there. Sometimes that—that that, I'm saying it, realising that that's probably going to be highly offensive to Gary. So I apologise. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. We're chopping back
1: to five years. You got that, him kid. right. Um, oh. how, how much of how you want to play is based on personnel and availability of personnel, as opposed to what the game style demands or the or the competition style demands? Because you've been in the position where you've won premierships and opposition teams go to work and say, oh, that's how it's going to be played. Now you've had a chance to sit back and look. So you no, nah, this is what we've got and we'll sort out the way we play based on our personnel here or the game demands that we play this way. I think that's a
0: really interesting way of putting it, Gary, because I think there is a third way which we completely disagree with, which is the coaches know the way the game should be played and we're going to try to massage our players around that. We, we rail against that idea. I mean, there are some fundamentals that I think every coach kind of would talk about, but because they're so obvious, I don't think you need to spend too much time with your players on it. Things like we're going to be a good contested team and we're going to defend well, or yeah, so is everyone. Right. But but I, I think that that idea, as you frame it, that that the game is moving in a certain direction and and if you don't move with it, you're going to be left behind is something that we are very conscious of. Um, But I think that's still secondary to, um, you know, building the way you play around the the strengths of your most influential players. Um, And uh, hopefully those two things um, are complementary, that, you know, the skills and attributes of our players complement, you know, the the shifts in the game. And, and And I think the shifts in the game are in part the way the other teams are, you know, responding to each other. But but they're in part in response to rule changes as well. And, you know, there's a saying in, in, in the stock market that you shouldn't fight the Fed. Um, and I think it's true of the, of the AFL as well. You shouldn't <laughs> try to fight what they're trying to do. Um, they're, if, they're, if they're trying to open up the games, they will tend to to win that battle over a period of years. And if, if you rail against it and, and, and try to... Um, you know, play the game in spite of the, the rule changes, then you know, you're um you're gonna be on the wrong side of that deal.
3: There's another stock market uh, quote that says that uh, when the tide goes out you get to see who's been swimming in the nude Chris but that's got <laughs> no, has got nothing to do with anything we're talking about at the moment. O'Sheen oh, Mullin he he's a really like we, we saw him a little bit last year and he looks like he's got the outline of something that could be a significant Contributor and a player in AFL football. How's his development gone in in another preseason?
0: Oh, we're really happy, Tim. His his physical adaptation a, has been fantastic. I mean, he he came to Australia um, in pretty good shape already. He's he's a really powerful mm. um, athlete, got real speed, and but the I've got to probably stop saying this because my the, the watch on the Irish players tends to be. How they kick the ball and how they adapt to the different shaped ball, but also the the contact um, that they don't really experience um, in Gaelic footy. But O'Shane's our third example now. After I know Zach Toohey had played quite a bit of footy at Carlton before he came to us, but Mark O'Connor, Zach Tui, and O'Shane Mullen, they are they're you know as physical um, a player as or type of player as, as we have on our list. So that that part of it. Um, which tends to be the sort of part you worry about, is, is being covered off. And, and and now really for O'Sheen, it's, I think, a matter of us giving him enough opportunity and settling him in a position so that he can play on instinct as opposed to sort of playing in a manner that suggests he's still learning the game. I think he's moved past that phase already, which is which is exciting for us.
1: I know you've only got a couple of minutes and we appreciate the time. Um, the buzz around Toby Conway is has been there for quite some time and he's just got to get himself right and ready to go. So he's had an uninterrupted pre season?
0: Yeah, he has. It's been a big because that, that that's exciting because he hasn't had that in his whole time at the club. And in part, that's because he's had some um, injury issues, but it's also because we've held him back a bit, which tends to be um, our philosophy with um, our younger players in general, but particularly the ones that have. Um, have come in with sort of injury concerns, and uh, Toby's Toby's a really, I mean, I, I, I think officially we're measuring him at two oh seven. They think he might be a little bit taller than that, but he's a big man who's had some sort of lower limb issues. So it's incumbent on us to be really careful with those because our, yeah, we're, we're optimistic about what he can do this year, but I'm much more excited about the the ten years after that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Bob you know, should embrace a little bit of the pressure that he's feeling to perform. He's one of these guys that doesn't see any reason why he can't come in and perform straight away, and I, I love that attitude, but we've just got to balance that by thinking about what's best for us long term.
1: That's exciting. Um, we're now going to let you go. Just uh, last time we spoke, you'd moved out onto some land. You were embracing farm sort of life. Is that, is that something you're still track, tracking down? Because Tim and I are very interested in that side of things.
0: I think we're all on the same page, the three of us there, yeah yeah, a little bit of um space and uh tranquillities um suiting my lifestyle very well' How's, um... the longer I spend in Geelong the more I like
3: it. Put it that way. <laughs> what size deck have you got on your 54-inch. i've got a
0: fifty four uh what have you got a right on mar yet chris <laughs> no no no, I haven't i um I have a relatively small deck. Um, I think we're talking about the same thing. Um, and and, and I'm, I'm I'm in the uh, camp of people that um, enjoys looking at it, not so much um, doing the work. So people do that
1: for us. Yeah. Ah. You can aspire. That's the most important thing. Hey, uh, good luck. It's exciting. GMHBA back to full house capacity around 40,000. is going to be great. And uh, we look forward to watching the Cats in action. Thanks for your time, mate.
0: Can't wait. Thank you, guys.
1: Thanks, Scott. Chris Scott, um, Cats Membership Day today. She's two for one on the three-game membership. Uh, code Cats. You head to membership.longcats.com.au Forward slash SEN day. The club's pushing for 90,000 members. What? In 2024. There's been some changes. So no Isaac Smith, no Asava. They cut the young uh, uh, Sam Menegola, Jonathan Segler, the older boys. Uh, Riccardi and Simpson, the father-sons that aren't there. Cooper White as well. Connor Sullivan comes in, and then a whole host of other youngsters. Um, you got them coming back in. Haven't decided
3: yet. What do you I mean? was waiting. I was waiting to speak to Chris, um, and uh, I'll give you my verdict uh, a little bit later in the program.
2: Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Questions without notice for Coolabah turf. Victoria's award winning grower and supplier of premium instant turf and lawn for life. Right, uh,
1: get involved here. 1300 736 736. Question without notice. If you're the best question without notice, you could be in the running for a magnificent Hilux. So, Toyota Hilux, we give them away every year. I've got one for you. It's mm. Valentine's Day today. It is. Who's your man Happy crush? Happy Valentine's. Who is right. your man crush? My man crush? Yes. 043 11 16 If you've got a man right crush now. out there, and women can have a man crush. And men can have men crush.
3: Jason Bateman. What? Jason Bateman is my man crush.
1: Jason Bateman,
3: the actor Ozark. I listened I, to him on the podcast, but I, I love listening to this bloke. He's the most listenable person out there. And yeah. if you haven't listened to the podcast, which is smartless, he's good on that. But then I heard him on another podcast, so he was the interview guest, and he was fe- he's smart and he's funny. I've got a massive man crash on him. What yeah, about you?
1: That's a good one. I like that. Your one? Uh,
3: Travis. The Viking? Yes. We're going to track him down. We're Some going to get him on our podcast. Your beard is becoming very Vikingish.
1: ish I know, and can nearly get into a <laughs> into a beard ponytail. That's what That's been the goal. If you've got a man crush or if you've got a crush, let, let's just give people the opportunity yep. to send a little Valentine's message to yep. their partner. It doesn't have to be their partner. Might be someone that they are lusting after. Wisp, we might better just. T- it may be. Tip them in the right direction.
3: Yep, uh, we're good with advice along those lines. Do you know what a catalytic converter is? You
1: asked me that yesterday,
3: but you didn't give me an answer. Do you know what it is? No. No idea, right? Somebody out there will because I've had to have it fixed, <laughs> and it's taking an awful long sure time for them yesterday's to fix page? it. No, been, I am on yesterday's you page. You've repeated a few things today. I don't rep- don't don't mention um, Pearl the pug because apparently Brando was listening yesterday when we started talking about it, and that's the first he'd heard about the fact that he's going to have to share the wisp with anyone. <laughs> And he came out in a rash. We had to take him to the vet in the afternoon. He's in. Uh, he broke down in a. Uh, with a, he had a panic attack because of it all.
1: You're picking up Pearl and Pug. The ten is a ten week old. Eight. Eight seems young to me. Oh,
3: that's what I thought too. Very young. Susie's having her hair done today, so that uh, she's <laughs> looking her best when she picks up.
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> um unbelievable. Ryan Pappenhausen. He's yes. going to captain the young Melbourne Storm side Good. in the opening NRL trial in Sydney tomorrow. Will he get back to his absolute best? I pap? hope so. He's had a horror run, A horror, horror. He had the knee, horror and run. then he had that shocking ankle injury. So let's hope the pap gets back.
3: I heard him talking about this the other day. He says that uh, he's uh, back very close to his absolute best. So he's such a powerful, powerful runner.
1: I can't wait. Um, a rabbit hole podcast this week, Dave. No, the rabbit hole will commence next week. That's my fault. That's Tim's fault because he's got a very busy, busy, busy schedule this week. Uh, man crush Matthew Richardson. There's a lot of people got man crushes on Richard. He's a legend. Jason Momoa. That's from Laura. Yeah. I don't get that one. No, because no, he's, got, he's got hair. That's why. <laughs> I,
3: I thought he was um, – I thought it was Jason Moama. It's Mo – Jason from Moema. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mo – Mo – Wasn't he married to um, – what? Yeah, Kravitz girl. Yeah, uh, Lenny Kravitz's daughter. Yep. Yeah. Um, Chris Fagan. I just wanted to bring this up. Okay? He's a man crush. Uh, yeah, I love him. He was great yesterday. But uh, just this is him talking about defence yesterday and what you need to do and how you need to train them these days in modern day football. Mm-hmm.
2: The defence has got to come forward mm. at all costs as, as well now because if you don't, they they just run through you. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, I think that's that's where the game's headed. It's a uh, it's a great spectacle now. It's a very quick game. Uh, you can't relax. You can be four or five goals in front but with 20 minutes to go, but you, that can be mowed down pretty quickly. So, um All that is true. All yeah. that is true. But, you know, that that
3: there struck a chord with me because that's the thing I see my team, Essendon, incapable of being able to do. Is that do. the one thing that that's you want the to fix one for thing, Essendon? That is the one thing I would want to fix with them, and that is our ability to shut down space quicker than what we have been able to demonstrate that we can do. And I think there's two things here, one. One is the players and whether they're capable of doing it or they want to do it and they are following instruction. And the other thing is the organisation of them to be able to do it and understand what they need to do.
1: So put it in a game situation. Collingwood win – so Essendon and Collingwood, they win possession Collingwood deep in defence. In their back half, Yeah. yeah. And we know what they're going to do. Mm.
3: Wooshka.
1: Wooshka, that's a, right. Wooshka, they're a Yeah, you've got to stop them. So what you want is your – Our defenders. Every line – you don't have to be a defender – every line to push up hard. It has to, yeah. And, and that's come what, at the ball hole. And, that,
3: and that's what Chris is saying. That's what Chris Fagan is saying now. That's what you need to do. Because if you allow that space – and it was so obvious and evident to me when I watched the final series last year, the difference between Essendon – and those teams that were playing off in the finals. And that was their ability to be able to do that and close a game down. It's a bit like a xylophone. You remember Johnny Piccolo? He used to play the the xylophone. Johnny from Epping. Yeah, so it's like you squeeze in, right? You squeeze in on defence and you open up on attack. Lengthen
1: and shorten. That's it. (laughs) That's it. 100% from you. Uh, Good. Um, Tim, in short, a catalytic... Converter gets rid of the toxic gax- gases in your exhaust emissions.
3: Okay. I generally just open the window for that.
1: No, out of your exhaust.
3: Oh, right. I thought you are talking about in the car.
1: Stephen Tingo gets a Valentine's... He's a fine specimen stinger and a great man. Uh, Kath Lachlan has got a Valentine's Day shout-out here. Who? Charlie Kurnow gets a Valentine's Day shout-out.
3: Uh Yes. <laughs> He was married to Lenny Kravitz's wife, wasn't his daughter? Ah, no, it was Lenny Kravitz's former wife that he was married to, Jason. Yes, that's true. Zoe. Zoe, yes. Yeah, Zoe. That was Lenny Kravitz's
1: daughter. No, wife. I'm I'm pretty
3: sure. sure. I'm pretty sure Brad is
1: right. Okay, let's go. We'll stand corrected if that's true. Let's go to some news headlines and we'll work out where the Kravitz uh, family line (laughs) starts and finishes. It's Valentine's Day. Uh, yep. Uh, Matty, we get a little bit of Valentine's music, some nice, loves, nice love songs and dedications today.
3: Have you got a little bit of a fact check going here? Because often I told you we what, get a little bit confused. No, with I what didn't. we're talking
1: about. Zoe Kravitz is the daughter.
3: Yes, of Lenny. Yeah. Not yeah, the but wife. Len, no, no. But Lenny was married to Lisa Bonet. That wasn't. The, and Lisa Bonet then married Jason. Right. Yep. Yeah. And it's an, a, a you I should have it, corrected me on this. It's a piano accordion. Not a xylophone,
1: But what did we say about Zoe Kravitz?
3: We said that Zoe Kravitz, it was Zoe that was married to Jason.
1: But it was Lisa It Benet. was Lisa.
3: Yeah, Benet. And Lisa Benet used to be in the Crosby Show.
1: Yeah. So who's Zoe Kravitz married to?
3: Uh, Zoe is, she's swinging with um, that actor who was in the, um, what's his name? I can see his face. Someone will tell us.
1: We've got the smartest audience <sighs> in the world. Crikey. Uh, big name star is. Big, uh, who's big, Zoe big Kravitz swinging hands with? Jane Bunn, he gets a shout out here. for uh, You better tell Jane tonight. She gets a shout out for Valentine's Day. Nice. Man crush on Straub's O'Dwyer. <laughs> He's a
3: legend. Did you play we see
1: him? Strawberry O'Dwyer? No we, saw him
3: at the, no, we saw him at the luncheon. Wasn't he at the luncheon that day? Where Clarko, you interviewed Clarko in that sort of uh, Michael Parkinson style yes. that you did that
1: day. the grand final uh, the At the, hill, at the, the old grand hill.:. On. One. yeah. try it. Great player, Steve O'Dwine. Ah, oh,
3: Channing Tatum. Thank you, Abby. That's uh, one of the, uh, the two abs has sent that through. Uh, Channing Tatum is married to Zoe.
1: We could get Abby on to do a uh, pop culture Why don't we speak a to Abby? Um, segment. Well, Abby... She can be our entertainment reporter.
3: Abby, can you... I'll ask... I'm just going to speak into my phone. Abby, can you come on our program at some stage and just see if I can
1: message back? And do some entertainment. Mm. Uh, Matt Denny is a champion Australian discus thrower. Whispers, the Murray Plant Meet Melbourne is on at Lakeside Stadium. It's Australia versus World. Tickets are on sale via Ticketek. We're going to speak to Matt on the other side of the break. It's
2: Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson.
1: Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. My partner's got a man crush on Tim. We saw him walking Brando on the beach. Uh, She got excited. He took his jumper off. We thought he was going to go for a swim. He just put it around his waist and kept on walking. There you go. Wisp, you're still breaking hearts everywhere. Hey, this Thursday, the Mori Plant Meet Melbourne is on at Lakeside Stadium, Australia versus the World. Tickets are on sale via Ticketek. And I tell you what? In an Olympic year, there's no mucking around, and Matt Denny is the champion Australian Disc Australia, and he joins us on the line. How are you, Matt?
5: Good, fellas. How are you? We're
1: going well. I can't I can't even begin to imagine mm. how exciting it must be for you, given what's on later on in this year.
5: Well, I mean, it's um, it's kind of refreshing to be able to go into an Olympics, not worrying about whether it's going to be on or not, and actually having crowds and stuff. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the first Olympics where it's kind of back to normal, and even like just major championships. So I think that's got everyone excited. And yeah, I mean, this is going to be my third, um, but I think it's probably going to be the best one so far.
3: Well, you're the Australian record holder at uh, a throw of 68.43, which is spitting a disc a fair way, Gary, is if you don't it, mind me saying. Yeah, that. I know. How much does the crowd mean to you when you're out there performing, Matt? Well,
5: I think like, I mean, at the parcel, like at Tokyo and stuff, I think it's, No matter what like if you if you're a true competitor like i think the crowd shouldn't matter but at the same time like when you come come to these kind of meets in in melbourne and um and i mean any meet really it's it's still always enjoyable to have a good crowd there and people that support and understand um, like what's happening and whatnot so i mean you know you can really really get them behind you and start some rhythmical claps and it gets the adrenaline pumping and you know, usually lead to some great performances. So hopefully we get a solid crowd out there tomorrow. Um, and it'll be nice to, I guess, have a really solid home crowd in, uh, in Melbourne.
3: Well, you are beaten the Olympic gold medalist. you are beating the world champion. you placed fourth in Tokyo at the recent world championship. What do, what do you need to do, apart from the obvious, which is throw further than anybody else? But is there something that you need to do in terms between now and, and the Olympics in Paris?
5: Uh, not really. Like we've we've had a really good off season and um we've we've built a you know, built off what we did last year where we did the Australian record and um and beat those guys. But I think it's just more about yeah, getting getting those comp reps in and, and competing more often against them because that's kinda of where you transfer a lot of your, you know, hard work that you did in the off season to be able to throw fire in the in the current season. So I just need more more reps of that and um, spend a bit more time overseas uh, leading up to the Olympics, and then I'll come home for another month, and then we'll be in uh, in the village ready to go. So yeah, it's it's nothing too too complicated. It's just really about competing and and getting those kind of rats in. So
1: it's a, Matt, it's a very interesting discipline, the discus, because you got to have power obviously and strength, but there's also this technical element with the yeah you know, the spinning and getting it right. Do you know once you've flung one? Forgive my, my ignorance. Flung, here. I love that. The once you've I, yeah, flung awesome. one, and everything has come together, you know, beautifully. You, the spins right, the powers right, the techniques. It's sitting in the hand beautifully. And once you've flung it, do you know you've nailed it.
5: Yeah, you, like I mean, we do we do thousands and thousands of reps, um, and you get used to those kinds of things. So yeah, every time you've really connected one you've you know immediately like the the millisecond it's left your hand and you'll always when you are watching the olympics or any major comp, you'll be able to tell if someone's actually done that because it's usually a pretty solid reaction especially from myself personally um there's a lot of uh grunting and uh yelling yeah, and just excitement it. around connecting that throw so yeah you, you chase a long time for them but um you know a lot of there's a lot of people that say you can't find the perfect throw but then some others beg to differ. So, um, you know, I don't think I've still found mine yet, but I've found some pretty, sol- pretty close ones.
3: Does it, make a, does it make a special sound as it leaves your hand? Is it something in that? No. Is, that is that an indication? No, the, no? The,
5: ja- the, um, the hammer. So, like, I used to do hammer throw as well. Um, and when you used to connect those ones, when you were throwing, like, 75 metres plus, yep. it would sound like a, a, like, a um, like a lightning crack. Like it would whip out of the hand, which is pretty cool. Yep So I wish I wish the discus had something like that. Um. But unfortunately, not. It's just it's just me yelling at it. Really.
3: You, you, your strain record is at sixty eight point four three meters. Have you thrown further than that in training?
5: Yeah. So I I, I broke seventy in training back uh, leading into the World Championships last year, uh, which we thought we were capable of uh, last year, but just obviously weren't able to connect it in the competition. So. Um, yeah, definitely gone further and, um, you know, we're looking to, to better that again this year and um, get out to, you know, bigger distances. So hopefully we can convert that before the Olympics.
3: And what else should we get excited about uh, for Thursday night? There's um, the format itself is sort of like Australia versus the rest of the world. Is that right?
5: Yeah. So, I mean, the the awesome thing about, I guess, the, the Melbourne meet one, because it's, you know, it's, Highly competitive. You've got internationals and Australians, but also the other thing is the athletics. um, I guess stable of um, athletes that we have in Australia right now is one of the best eras we've ever had, Um, and so highly competitive. We've got so many people that are going to be fighting for medals, top eights, and everything of the like. And you know, you got Nicola McDermott, Rowan Browning. um, Trying to think, uh, Abby Caldwell. Like all these incredible athletes like I'm, I honestly could sit here for a waste of time for 10 minutes on who's up and coming and, and who's doing well right now but you know it's it's a pretty great time to be in athletics and it's a great time to come and watch it so that's why I would probably I guess suggest people get out there on Thursday because you won't be able to see this kind of form um, too often in your lifetime.
1: Uh, we encourage everyone to get down there uh, on Thursday at Lakeside Stadium and particularly go and watch you. Just before we let you go, got to, have you got a signature grunt? There's going to be a big crowd there for you. I mean, when you get around there, and give it the full works. Maybe you can develop something.
5: Um, maybe maybe something will uh, come about if we do it a little bit more consistently. But right now, it's more reactionary than Fair it enough. is planned.
3: Fair enough. I go to Hillsville Sanctuary and just see if you can't find a koala there and just mimic one of the koalas because uh, yeah,
5: that's yeah, little light uh, little grunts.
3: Yeah, how do you reckon? Gary and I talked about this this morning. We've both heard a koala. We both heard a koala. <laughs> On. This is the Australian. Oh, gee, that's
5: spot on, nah, that. <laughs>
3: which, on. which one? Which one of those two do you reckon spot on?
5: The second one Thank was you. spot on. ah, Thank you, that man. Was, that, 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 that's got terrifying weight <laughs> on
1: You, you <laughs> thought you had a koala climbing up your back then, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, good luck, Maddie. Rip into it, mate. Thanks, brother. Well, on you, Maddie. Champion Australian discots flinger. i tell you what. I'll tell you what. What? Well, well, the Olympics are on later this year. They are. They are. you've we'll, got a channel? No, yeah, No, got. we haven't.
3: It's channel 9. Uh, we'll get to it a little bit later, the Olympics. But if you're a budding media broadcaster out mm-hmm. there and you want to listen to how you get the job done and how you ask a question, mm-hmm. I just want to replay your question there to Matty. Okay.
1: Have a listen to this. Okay. Do you know once you've flung one, forgive my, <laughs> my ignorance flung, I love that. Once no, you've I, flung yeah, one awesome. and everything has come together you know beautifully. Yeah, the spin's right, the power's right, the technique's it's sitting in the hand beautifully. And once you've flung it, you know you've nailed it. That's a thing of beauty, Brent Williams. That is, is a thing of beauty, Brent Williams, who's heading up Channel Nine Sport and probably heading up the Olympics. I'll be expecting a call. I could do the discus for him.
3: Oh, no doubt about that. No hmm. doubt about that. That was just absolutely first class.
1: Hey, we spoke earlier about Tony Romo. So this is probably our last point in the Super Bowl, but there's been a lot of criticism as a sports broadcaster. So it's Jim Nance was the caller, yes. the play-by-play. Yep. The f- winning touchdowns thrown by Patrick Mahomes, which mm. is the big moment. So yep. Jim Nance has got a beautiful line. Now what is – well, it depends, mm. but people yep. suggest that once that line's been delivered, then you just let it breathe and let the yep. the, the sounds and the picture tell the story. In this instance, Tony Romo starts talking straight away. I want to get your thoughts on this.
2: Mahomes, flings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! And this was the Andy Reid special. This was the Andy
0: Reid special. We talked about he was saving all day. He's got a fake emotion to go across. And at that moment, he turns and goes back. Hartman, who they didn't have, right? And they go get Hartman and bring him back. And the... Game winning drive of Mahomes' career. He's been waiting for his one Super Bowls, but he's never had it in an overtime. He
2: is the best. He is the standard. Your Michael Jordan wins it again.
3: Well, he could have let it breathe for another five or ten seconds and just taken sort of like the crowd noise. But uh, what he said was great. Like what he ended up yeah. saying
1: was great. It's, I can't remember at the time whether he also was talking to the replay. Or was they... They'd, I would imagine the camera was just still on the celebrations mm. and, you know... The, That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, then he could have absolutely just... And he's on his own, as we said earlier. When you're on your own, you you, you dictate mm. everything. Sometimes if you're in a pair, then you might be letting it breathe and then the other special guy jumps in over the top. But when, you, you, when you're the sole special comments bloke, then he dictates when he can and can't jump in. So I could... I could understand the criticism, but what he said was a yeah, spot on You're on.
3: Did you see the ratings for that game? No. It was watched by 123.4 million people. It's the most watched uh, Super Bowl of all time, that yeah. game at the weekend. And a lot of that, well, not a lot of it, some of it they're attributing to the fact that uh, Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey got a whole new audience of people involved and in watching the game as well.
1: Had all the elements, didn't it? Las Vegas... Everything. New stadium, and then the hype around, yeah, the game itself was always going to be great, but then the hype around the biggest superstar music act on the planet.
3: Right. And did you see how quickly all the merch got sold yesterday? No. Unbelievable. Well, it is. Hey. I'm going to buy you a. What would you like? What. What a bucket a, hat! What, a, a bucket hat! Yep. I'm not sure you get the bucket. Oh no!
1: Noah Anderson was in yesterday. Spoke about Bailey Humphrey, who was a really highly touted um, first round draft pick, top ten draft pick from the Gippsland Power, went up to the Gold Coast Suns. Let's have a listen to what Noah had to say about Bailey. You might um, get the dus- you might get
3: the dusty roll. Given that it's a Richmond game plan and he didn't have to worry about defence and picking anybody up, you might be the guy identified as the Dusty. Uh, it's not me this year. Who so, do you has be been identified. Um, oh, somebody right. has. Hello.
1: Here, you've got 30, oh, seconds, hang on. Hello. 30 hello. seconds. hello. 30 seconds to get the name out, Tim.
3: Um, He's just been told not to say. I believe it might be young Bailey Humphrey who's.
1: Oh, yeah. He like might him. be
3: primed for that role in the, boyfriend in the year Lane. to come.
1: That's a nice heads up coming in for those. People who play fantasy footy teams or super coach, whatever they're called, is that that Bailey Humphreys has given a bit of a license to get after it, with
3: And the really interesting thing was that Jack, who was sitting opposite him, was actually trying to shut him down.
1: Oh, Wayne Campbell nearly jumped through the window <laughs> just to put a lid on it. And he's, the other interesting thing was that he's come back with a full sleeve. Mm. So there's real dusty.
3: And a dusty cut too. What, like a, a mohawk. Just like dusty, yeah.
1: We're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Uh, The weather update for City Power, much better today, whispers. Be prepared for extreme weather. Sign up the SMS outage alerts at unitedenergy.com.au slash notify. Getting used to uh, the way Mitch Scott writes. Partly cloudy, 20 degrees in Melbourne today. Cloudy and 20 in Hobart. A break, and Sammy Ebbin, not far away.
2: Breakfast with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson. Our big day that whispers. What about
1: this? Make sure you're listening tomorrow. We've just acquired a greyhound. We've got a dog. You're going to get two dogs tomorrow. Yes. Oh, two dogs. It's a big day. Yeah, you're going to get Pearl. Does the
3: greyhound have to stay with uh, me and Brando no, and Pearl as well or not? No,
1: we've got a trainer and we want our audience to get involved. We're going to reveal all the details including the name tomorrow, how you get involved in tomorrow's show. Make sure you're listening and for lucky listeners, they'll get a share of any prize money that comes through. What? That's all up to um, tomorrow. You didn't run this by me. Well, it's just been a late- I thought it was our dog. Late development. It's, our show, it's, the, it's the show's dog. It's the station's dog. It's going to carry a lot of pressure. So, it ran yesterday. No, it didn't no, run yesterday. No, because of the weather. The weather, of weather, The uh, the- uh, He doesn't
3: like a storm. No, <laughs> the power. precluded oh. the
1: whole- the whole event got called off. So, anyhow, we'll give you those details tomorrow about our, our new dog, our new greyhound. Right. It was, it was. He was jumping from box one yesterday too. He wasn't was. It? He was indeed. And uh, there's a nice little um, spruc on him.
3: Hmm. Because
1: our last dog that we had.
3: Oh, what happened to him?
1: With uh, John O'Brown back in our very first year on air, and his name was Morning Glory. It was. Yep. He. <laughs> he. He started very well. And Extremely well. And about his fifth run, he was hmm. struggling to get a hold of the bunny.
3: Well, he kept bumping into the rail, the inside <laughs> rail. And then we found out that he had a, a sight problem.
1: <laughs> he went blind. Had to put a bell in the bunny. He did. And then he chopped his toe and He had a toe imp No, that was actually that was a footy show. No, belt. that was someone else. That was a footy was show,
3: but we had to retire him. He he he's um he's lived a very very comfortable life. Ooh, since morning glory. A, yeah, very comfortable life. Yes. I haven't
1: followed up on him since then. But anyway, no exciting news tomorrow. That's uh, we'll got a it lovely
3: all... cashmere blanket all winter time. He just sits in front of the fire.
1: Got a little something organised for Valentine's Day. A little dinner. Maybe you're going to cook a little dinner. Oh,
3: I can't say. I
1: can't what? say anything. Okay, been... somebody's listening. You've got Pearl, the new pug, coming tomorrow. So is that part of the whole Valentine's, we should call it Valentine.
3: No. Um. Should will be called Pearl wow. and David. Yes, thank you for your text there, David. I caught up with David out of this and uh, the other day. So good on you, Dave. I might nice. catch up with him again when I go to the airport. Thanks Thons for everyone. Stuff <laughs> Thanks everyone
1: for being a part of our program. We'll be back tomorrow with the details on our dog. Sam Edmund He's up next. Tommy Atkins, good man, Tommy Atkins. He's going to join him as part of Geelong membership day. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>